And hello, everybody. Everybody, hello. Welcome to We Synced It. I Synced It. Yes, it is a weekly podcast that focuses on all the movies, TV, and entertainment in between. I am one of your hosts, Pat. And this is Kevin. Today, we got a special episode. We are joined by Geekvised. Welcome, Geekvised. Thank you for having me. We're also joined by Nate Takes. Hey, everybody. And we are also, last but finally, our... Last but not least, I just fucked up that phrase. I, I don't know what I was saying. But we are joined by Dapper Arts. Welcome, Dapper Arts. Hey, how's everyone doing? Uh, today's going to be a special episode where we talk about conventions. Convention season is upon us. Yes. Um, these guys in front of us are the reasons behind all the magic that you see on social media as far as like the dope-ass photography, the dope-ass videos. A lot of times we go to these cons, and after the cons, we see all these all these great videos and great content and great photography uh, people like to focus on the the cosplayers which is great but these are the wizards behind the screen yeah so uh we wanted to ask you guys like what was your story what is your story how did you start out um and where are you going who wants to go first all right with the that. actual wizard the grand yeah. poobah oh. over here stop it <laughs> um Let's see. Um, it, 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 for me, it was, the venture was a little bit long because I knew about conventions. I remember I went to a small one, and I remember with Nicole because uh, she was one of the first ones I ever uh, interacted with. But then after that, I didn't know what. How, how can I approach it? Because my, my my main goal has always been to create content that pretty much uh, my own stories, my own IPs. So I was like, it would be cool to engage with the cosplayers who already have you know, the ability to build stuff or even create fan films. So I went once, and maybe I kind of went hiatus for two years. During that, I was still, I still had that in my mind. I remember I reached out to Supercon before they reached, they sold to uh, Repop. And I was like, hey, I would like to do your guys' social media. I would just walk around and do social media. And sure enough, like, okay, yeah, come by. So the week was like two weeks away. I went by, and they gave me their social media login. And this is before they GIFs. trusted you like yeah. that, huh? Yeah. <laughs> hmm. Never met me before. <laughs> again, this is before Repop. I'm actually going to reach out and see if it's possible now. Because I was like, you know what? It'll be fun to do it again. Uh, so this is before GIFs. So I literally had my laptop with me. And I remember there was like a, a Phoenix. And I grabbed an actual little flaming GIF. Mm-hmm. And I created little, little, uh, little stories. And from there on, I had my camera. And my objective was just grab enough content that I can edit within the hour. So I literally turned around a video uh, a Saturday and a Sunday that day of. So that was a cool experience for me. From there on, I got to a little bit more cosplayers. And then the following year, it was West Palm Beach Comic Con that unfortunately doesn't uh, exist, at least on this side anymore. And I had Daniel with me. And, you know, for me, it's always about how can I make it different? How can I... Always, it's something's already, everything's already made. But what what perspective or what style can you bring? So I was like, hey, Dan, you want to come with me? Uh, hold this light for me. I'm going to figure out a way of maybe using S-Log, unsaturated, that way color corrected and all. And the rest is history. That's been pretty much a style ever since. And, you know, from there on, I got the chance to meet a lot of great cosplayers. Uh, became really friends with them. We created uh, a couple of fan films. And we are pretty much uh, right now. I have a group that we're pretty much uh, uh, on. I don't want to say on schedule, but on a path to creating more content this year with them. 
And I got to say, you know, Pat and I, we've worked with GeekVise several times and working with with GeekVise is the easiest thing in the world because his instruction is literally hold this light. That's it. <laughs> he, he's gonna create the magic himself. Yeah. So for any uh, future interns out there looking for experience yeah. on the field, this is the easiest guy to work yeah. with. He's just gonna say, "Hold this light." Is, is, is your mantra the uh, "I'll fix it in post" kind of thing? Is, is that your thing? Just like, hold this light. I'll do everything in post. So <laughs> I think it's more like like. I don't want to bring this big ass fucking light stand. So you're gonna be my light stand. Yeah. I'll do the rest of the work. Yes, <laughs> yeah. So, so one of the things that uh, I always thought about was because this video. So I'm gonna be moving around side to side to create pretty much a nice composition. So I was like, I didn't want to walk around with a light stand because you know I work, you know I work in production. And one of the things if I see a light stand that's just by itself, no sandbag, it, it, it yeah, yeah. you, you know nervous. liability. You get yeah. yeah, you get so I'm like, if as a person and somebody's running through him, he can just you know. <laughs> Bob and Weave. <laughs> so, uh, you know, and like I said, Daniel, Limitless VFX has been pretty much the main staple, not just being the one who's been holding most of life, but he's been the one bringing the VFX yeah. to it. I'll never forget, uh, this was not last year's Florida, no, it was, it was several years ago. Um, you've evolved over the time as far as the size of your equipment. Because in the beginning, you brought like the whole studio with you. And I remember one time, you had this giant square gimbal and then the giant light. And when, and when Pat and I, and I'm going to show this clip, I'm going to show this clip of us doing our intro. And it looks like the easiest intro we've ever done. We're just walking and saying, hi, guys, we're here at Florida Supercon. Delgado had to lift both the gimbal and the yes. light at the same time. And we, I think we did like five or six take. takes of it. Delgado was sweating yeah. bullets. And he was just like, all right, let's do another one. <laughs> and walking backwards. And now it's like you, you look at Delgado and he has a backpack. The camera's like this small. The light is this small. The He's battery like, hey, this is, is all I need. Small. Yeah, everything is like <laughs> compact and ready to go. It's 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 like um it's like a trial and error kind of thing, I guess. Yeah. All right. And what about you, Nate? How did your journey start? Uh, so weirdly enough, if you would have asked me, I, I've been doing professional photography for about three years now. Mm-hmm. If you would have asked me three and a half, four years ago, like, hey, you're going to do photography. I would have laughed at your face. I would have never have imagined any of this. Because <laughs> uh, my story, is, it's kind of weird. Um, I grew up and uh, always kind of been this, like, uh, nerdy figure that didn't, like, I, I wasn't really into any, like, the big stuff. Like, I wanted to be at home watching Gundam, and then <laughs> that was pretty much it. Uh, so when I grew up and I f- finally started seeing like, hey, conventions are a thing and cosplay is a thing. This is really cool. My journey started with cosplay, not the camera. Mm. I started off by uh, once I, I was old enough and I had money. Uh, me and Epi were together at that point. We we're like, hey, let's do cosplay. Why not? Like, let's, you know, grab some costumes and, and put them on and go enjoy ourselves. And then we realized that we really, really liked it. We liked the, the crafting aspect of it. We like being original. Uh, it went very quickly from like, hey, let's go buy a costume to like, hey, let's th- make this our take on this character and do something different. So we got really heavily into cosplay and we started growing a, a platform and whatnot. Problem with that is, uh, uh, on a point that you touched on, is when you're growing a platform as a cosplayer, you need photographers. 
you need people to capture that and put it on your platform. Otherwise, you're just like, you know, bathroom selfie. Sometimes they, they work. I don't know how. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they work. But a lot of times you want that, that high quality, high end uh, end result. And after working with a lot of photographers, uh, we came to the realization that it was not feasible for us monetarily. Because at the time, we were still building our crafting studio. We were buying the, the materials for it. We were trying to keep on a, a routine of putting out X amount of cosplays per month to always have something fresh. And it was just not feasible to work with the photographers that we wanted and have content for every day of the year. At the time, we were posting uh, once or if not twice leading up to cons every day of the year. It was a lot of content. So... We sat down and we came to this idea. It's like, hey, why don't we start working with like the two photographers that we really like? Mm-hmm. We cut down on like shooting throughout the year. We only shoot for them leading up to a con, and the same amount of money that we would have spent otherwise, I'll go buy a camera, and we'll shoot our own content uh, at home. And it would be very low tier, but it'd be our own stuff that we don't have to pay for. Uh, and that's where things kind of kicked off. I kept shooting, and because I was shooting the majority of the year, slowly I got a little bit better. We started putting out more content. Some of our friends, because at this point we've been involved in the community for a while, so we know the cosplayers. Not as a photographer, but as cosplayers, people know me. And at the time, I remember John even did, like, a a spoof video of me. I had this whole, like, persona thing that I wanted to do as backpack guys. Like, I was the guy in the background with a backpack. Oh, I saw that, yeah. And and I would be, like, walking around holding all the the, the crap that a cosplayer needs, right? Because they look amazing. But you don't see the purses and the bags and all the, the merch and the prints that they buy. And you're like walking around with this giant, like looking like Kevin Hart and Jumanji with all this stuff. So I was like, I'm going to be backpack guy. And we, were, we were having fun. But as people started to like, hey, who's shooting your stuff? It's like, oh, we're shooting it. And friends started asking like, hey, do you mind if we do some photos with you? And it just gradually happened in a way it's like, I'm getting kind of decent at this. And people are liking the, the product that they get. And now we're at a point where, like, that's grown to me putting out a company and doing this full time now. So it was something that I would not have imagined three and a half, four years ago. I would have laughed at you if you had told me that. Like, that's where we are now. And that's how it started. That is awesome. And Dapper, your yes. story. Um, so I, I started cosplaying probably sophomore year of high school. So that's probably like seven years ago. I went to Florida Supercon. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I've always done photography. I started photography when I was, like, in elementary school. Um, I somehow, like, won a, like, a prize thing, like, a district thing. I don't really remember it because I was, like, seven. But I took, I used to take photos. Um, it wasn't until recently, um, in college where I got more into photography, took, um, some few photography classes. I did, um, graphic design as well. That was my major. And I, like, my professors always say, like, I always had, like, a keen eye to like the subject matter, I was always like, she would always look at my photos when I did have a, like a photography class, we're like, oh, it's like, that's pretty good. Like you have a, I forgot what she said. It's like, you have like a photography eye, like you have like the angles, right? Like you, you know what to do with the camera. Like you're not scared of it. So I was like, all right. Um, yeah, and then kind of just fast forward now, like January was like the first time um, my internship was ending with um, internship with um, kind of graphic design with that company. And I was like, well, let me try, you know, I like photography. I like, like I used to cosplay, I like anime. I like going to these cons. I've been going there for a while. Um, let's try it out. And then 
Like, I just went around my camera, walked around um, for a talk repair, so I was in January, and then people started to like it. I was like, I'm having a blast because it's like, it's what I like. It's the both things, festivals, worlds. Yeah. There's photography, cosplay. And then slowly I started doing more cons. Um, you know, I'm still kind of new at it, so I know I still got to do more of the building, the light. Um, right now it's just me and my camera. And, I mean, it's amazing, right? I, lo I love it. It's like, I'm just having fun. I'm enjoying it. That's all I can say. It's pretty awesome. I got a question for both of you. Um, so how is it being a cosplayer and now being a photographer? Like, what are the, like, what 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 gets you going now since you were in front of the camera, now you're behind the camera? What What is it that, like, that, that you know, that keeps you wanting to keep on going? What gives you that spark? Um, for me, uh, I, I hold the, the way that I do a certain thing is I am very fortunate. Mm -hmm. Recently, I've been able to go out and do work very well business-wise, especially at conventions. Mm -hmm. And one thing that I've always kept... Actually, can we do... I'm sorry. Can we do a quick pause? Yeah, yeah. So, yes, all the boys... Yes, yeah, all the first episode of the boys. Oh, yes. You saw, the, saw, saw this Friday's episode too. You saw you yeah. saw the the dick shit, the dick stuff. Oh yeah, that was great. You know that was practical, right? They yeah, built yeah. an actual uh, just a tip. Yeah, <laughs> in the front penis, of it, so the guy could walk through it. I thought it was CGI. That whole fucking thing. I love how this, like, <laughs> when I think that, like, these guys have pushed the envelope so far, like, yeah. nah, wait till the next season. <laughs> I can just see like, them in a room like this, like, what do we got to do for next season? So let's build a dick and just have somebody <laughs> Just touching it. And then just, he <laughs> sneezes and then he just blows up right inside. Like, but you know what the reference is, right? Yeah, yeah. from... Uh, the Thanos. The, yeah, the Thanos <laughs> Ant-Man thing. But that is, like... I would have never. I would have never thought about doing that shit practical. I would say, no, CGI that whole thing. No, they built that. But it makes sense because <laughs> the way you had to get in. Yeah, you had to get in and everything. It may look like CGI-ish. That means that it's somewhere in somebody's warehouse. There's a a, a, a fucking like what twenty foot penis that <laughs> penis head just hanging out there. Yeah, I guess. Giant you just have it here. Out. I mean, if people want to take pictures with it, they can. If they want to walk through it. <laughs> so I was watching because I introduced uh, we were introducing um, the boys mm -hmm. to Stephanie's brother and the the first you, episode you 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 introduced them to that episode no no we, we started <laughs> the first episode <laughs> what a way to start <laughs> <laughs> we started for the first episode of season mm -hmm. one and in season one you see a little guy remember when he goes yeah. to the bar to the club yeah you see a little guy jumping into a girl's vagina yeah now is that the same guy I think it is. I think it is. I thought it was because they both had the same like buzz, Ability, buzz yeah. cut, right? Yeah, yeah. I think it I is. Think so. Yeah, that's a crazy ass power. Man, to he go was fucking people's... people up. No, I'm just saying, like <laughs> the way that he was fighting, it was like Jesus Christ, man. Because I, I forgot that it's like you're fighting a grown ass man, but he's but he's small. Yeah, you can't see him. You can't see <laughs> him. Small and the fact that he wanted to go into the the French Frenchies of uh, like body and do the same thing. Yo, that is terrifying, man. <laughs> what kind of fight is that? Like the whole time. And you can feel him going like this. Like... <laughs> the thought of that fucking scares the shit out of me, man. <laughs> All right, everything is recording. Yeah, uh, yeah. Pat, if you want to repeat the question. All right, uh, fuck. I forgot what the question was. Um, 
Well, starting, so what gives starting, your life meaning? <laughs> no, <I'm just> <laughs> starting from in front of the camera, moving to behind the camera. Okay. Um, so for you two, for starting off in front of the camera and now being behind the camera, what gives you the spark? Like, what keeps you going? Because I know it has to be like two different kinds of feels that you get since you're behind the camera now. Um, for me, it it always because this was not something that I grew up with. I didn't grow up with a camera. I didn't grow up thinking this would be my profession. For me, it always hits home when I'm like, I want what made this super exciting for me. And I'm able to do that. Um, and how I'm able to do that is currently, I do well. I'm very fortunate. I'm Because I'm very fortunate, I am able to deliver a photo to people for free every time I go to a convention. That is my regular thing. People know that, that I do it. I call them one shots where people will come up and they'll get the same quality photo that I give to everyone else for absolutely free. And when they get that um, and I'm able to take the shot and show it to them and I see that expression and they know like, hey, I might not have been in the position to afford this, right? Which was where I was when I first picked up cameras. Like I can't afford to do this every day to get one shot every single day of the year mm-hmm. to post on social media and I can afford to give that to people for free because of how my systems work because of uh, how I have established myself in the community to do like every single person like hey I don't care if, if you can't afford this if this is not you know the, the space that you you have in, in your current point in life you can come here and I'll give you what I wanted so much when I started. Mm-hmm. And you see the reaction and see, see, I've had people like cry, straight up break down. Uh, and that's just seeing it on the camera. That's before I edit and give them like, hey, this is what you're actually getting. And then the, the responses get even crazier. So that to me, that genuine reaction is like, hey, I might not have been in a position for this, but you're giving it to me anyways. It reminds me of me and where I was when I picked up a camera. That will drive me forever <laughs> it will nah. never stop <laughs> that's pretty fucking dope yeah. and what about you dapper no i just want to find out that's amazing that you just gave out um i don't like when i used to when i was little i actually tried to model like i was actually like on a magazine like for like a swimsuit for divers directs when i was like little so i actually tried to do modeling um for unfortunately it didn't work out which is okay mm-hmm. um but yeah i started Cosplaying in high school, like I thought, like oh, this is like this is kind of fun. Like I remember my first cosplay. Um, it was like Kaneki Ken from Google. I was like, I like that was my favorite character. Mm-hmm. Um, overall, I just I try to protect, um, try to move forward, try to like grow it. And then for me, it was like going trying to do that next step of you know let's you know let's try and actually craft it. You know, show some actual work, not just buy, because that was the one issue is like buying these cosplays. It's like eighty dollars, a hundred dollars. So, is it cheaper to make your own cosplay rather than buying it, or is it just like more fulfilling? It's much. It's just more fulfilling. Like you feel like accomplished. Like like I made this. Like yeah. you feel more special. Like you want to like actually show it rather than like oh I bought this on Amazon for like eighty dollars. Mm. I mean, it was still nice to have. And in, and if you do that, that's fine. It's just like for me, like. Like, I like my artwork. I like to do my work. Yeah. Um, and then the issue was, um, it's like, I'd done photography since, like, elementary school. Like, my grandfather gave me a camera. Oh, nice. Um, just, like, it was his camera. And he just gave it to me and said, go take some photos. And I used to go to the park and, like, take photos. And, like, he would like it. 
And then now, um, before when I went to University of Tampa and my professor is like, you have a keen eye and like you have do like you have a great angle, like the like it's a good subject matter. And I was like, all right. And then you know, it was just a transition, it's like I don't feel too bad going from cosplay to photography because I always did for he was always used to do photography. So you get the same kind of rush. Yeah, same kind of rush. And then it's more like imaginary because like with graphic design photography now, it's like, it's like, whoa. It's like, this is different than just taking a photo. It's like, I'm able to add more. Like I can make motion graphics with the with the photography. Mm -hmm. I can like do like small, maybe um, graphics, some more lighting. It's like, I didn't have that ability. It was like, I would <laughs> used to go to Walgreens, print out the photo and that was it. And now yeah. I'm like, so much more. It's like this expand the horizon. It's it's amazing to do that now. It's pretty dope. And for Geekfies, you've uh, you've blown up not just in in terms of shooting the photography or shooting the videos. You you're now expanding to doing skits. You're, you've now expanded to doing. I mean, literally bringing this world to life. Like what what got you there, and like what are your plans moving forward as far as expanding? So. Uh, you know, from the beginning, that's always been the agenda. It was just like, okay, I can grab the crew, I can grab the equipment, but I don't know about the props. So, you know, the journey started. Like, well, let's 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 um, let's get to know some cosplayers. Um, I know as I mean, I always thought as cosplayers, you know, they were like content, like how they want photos, and vice versa. So it was always like at the ecosystem where, hey, let's create a cool little content with each other where you have a nice uh, content, and I also have nice content. And, you know, the evolution of that has been pretty much just the networking that, that we created, and and that has given us the ability to kind of, um, you know, do the fan films that we created, even the little short skits. Uh, sometimes, even on the convention floor, we just do something, and then uh, on post, I can see, you know, it, it, it's funny, like, you know, as a professional, we never... It's always pre-production and stuff like that, but on the convention floor, it's like, let's wing it. it, it that's why I like it, because it, it's fun. As a professional, I enjoy order. I enjoy pre-production, and in production, very few, uh, few changes. And any changes I have to make, that may be made because of timing or anything, we're kind of always ready, always taking off our toes. But when it comes to, like, on the convention floor, it's like, freaking, let's wing it. And there is no client looking for it because I am the client. So at the end of the day, it's it's everything I make is for fun. So like some of the ones that you see where I'm using the voices of uh, certain game characters from Batman, uh, Injustice, I literally shoot the skit and then hear, I, I, I thank, thank God for these people who literally recorded all the sound bites from a game mm -hmm. and put it all in, in a YouTube video. And literally, I would just hear everything, and then it was like, ooh, ooh, I, I see you mentioned something about meeting. Okay, all right, let's put that to the side. And then I would hear Batman say, okay, cool. I think I remember hearing something about this. Let me go back to it and let, look through it. So then from there on, create a little story out of it. Uh, but ultimately, it's to do what we've done with Berserker, with um, even the little Nightwing uh, uh, short that we did. And the first one that we did was Chico, which was, I feel, a competition. And that kind of helped kick start off like that. Uh, the future stuff that we have planned is to now, yes, fan films, uh, but it's funny enough, like I told somebody, like, uh, oh, in, this whole evolution has been from fan films, but Tom Fallen, in one in an interview that he did for, it, it's a documentary called The Perfect Image, 
if you know the history of Todd McFarlane, not to say he's anti-Marvel, anti-anything, he's more of a, your work, your story, your creation, your compensation, even if it's for another company, make sure you do your work. In one of the interviews, he literally says, stop creating for these people, create your own content, create your own story, get your, pretty much, your vision out there. And that has stuck with me. So every time I'm thinking, oh yeah, let me do a fan film, boom, I have Todd McFarlane right here on my shoulder saying, fuck that. Do your own story. <laughs> <laughs> so so I am going to create fan films uh, because that has been pretty much the whole drive of the cosplay community. And, and it is shareable. People like it. People enjoy it. But not as, you know, not as wide as a short film. What I am planning to do is to create my own stories, to create my own characters. Uh, there has been characters that's been inspired by certain characters. Some stories that I was like, ooh, that will make a nice Deadpool uh, fan film. But they're like, fuck that. Once again, Tyra Fallen, create your own story. So I started creating a character where it was kind of Deadpool-esque. Not necessarily in the comedic way, breaking the fourth wall, but the immortality, the, 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 the fighting style. And then him having his own story. So the future right now is fan films, small fan films, and then start releasing my own characters, or at least a glimpse of that. And also, we're looking to create, going into comics, but now what we're going to start doing is webtoons. Uh, fairly soon, maybe by towards the fourth quarter of this year. So, you know, again, uh, creating our own IPs, not something that we could just own and literally profit of. Uh, because I, I know a lot of people say, hey, do Kickstarters for a Batman fan film, do Kickstarter. But I'm like, I, I, I'm not going to do it because as Geek Vice, we do see ourselves as evolving as a big brand. And I don't want that to bite me in the ass later on. I was like, hey, you guys owe us this much because uh, I see there's a profit here or, or get you know, shunned out because we created a Kickstarters on somebody else's IP, like Batman IP, you okay. know. So I always stood away from, even if we're not making money, just getting money for somebody else's IP. Uh-huh. So the fan that, 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 that you know, have been created, you know, luckily it's always been a collaboration. The things I had to pay for is really uh, location and food, you know, always always pay, always food feed the, the cast and crew and everybody's just on board, you know, to create, you know, magic, the stuff that we that we love. So, yeah, that is the the future. I think it's great that because of you guys, um, there was a point where, like me personally, um, before we we started our podcast, before we got into the idea of interviewing cosplayers, we I would go to the to these cos um, to these conventions mainly because oh I want to meet celebrities and then oh I want to meet these cosplayers. Now it's gotten to the point where like people want to come to meet you guys. They they they're going because like. Oh my God, Nate's gonna be there. Like, I gotta try to book a session with him. Oh, Geek Vice is gonna be there. Maybe I could pick his brain on like video tips and stuff like that. Now, it's, I think that world has now expanded to a point where, you know, people were looking up to cosplayers because of their creativity. Now it's like, well, let's also look at creators, you know, uh, for their creativity. So I think it's really great. Um, what are there any uh, future events that you guys are looking forward to, and what and what is it that you're looking forward to the most in being there? <laughs> uh, so for the last few years, my answer to this will never change. And I'm sorry, there's a lot of cons I go to and a lot of organizers that I know. I love all of you, but I'm very not shy of this answer. I always look forward to holiday matter in Orlando every single year. That is my absolute favorite con to go to um, because it is a, just a ton of fun. You get so many people there and everyone's there for a good time. Uh, and I like that it's a... a is it, it just a good time or like 
Are you taking pictures there too? Both. Weirdly enough, it's one of those. It's taking, one of those things like, that that it lines up. Both work and fun are like, like in if perfect. We're comparing scene. like uh, how many pictures you're taking at uh, let's say Supercon, right? You're taking like a thousand pictures at Supercon, like averaging. Mm-hmm. How many pictures are you actually like averaging at? Uh, what's it called? Holiday. Hall Matt. Hall Matt. Yeah. Hall Matt is historically. It like is it like 500 because you're having too much of a good time? Hall Matt historically <laughs> has been, believe it or not, mm. the biggest uh, final returns that I that I have. Really? To it's where I shoot the most. Every year as I've grown, mm-hmm. um, Hall Matt tends to be, if I, if I'm, uh, if I was getting, for, for math's sake, if I had one booking at a con at the beginning of the year. Mm-hmm. And that number grows throughout the year. And, you know, February, I'm getting two, March, three, whatever. And we're, we're growing, you know, yeah. at, at that steady pace. You get to Hallmack, that number damn near jumps, like, you know, to double. Hallmack, if, if you, just the concept alone, mm-hmm. it just seems like a, a good idea based off of, like, oh, yo, it's uh, comic books, it's mm-hmm. movies, it's geek culture, but, you know, a holiday theme. So... You just you, you tell that to any group of people. Mm-hmm. You say, "Oh, it's just geek culture, but a holiday theme." People would just fucking eat that shit up. Like yeah. it, it just automatically just be like, "Oh man!" Especially if you talk to like cosplayers, it's like, "Yo, it's um, you know, Harley Quinn holiday theme." Like people are hearing different things, but they're hearing ho- holiday themes. So it's like the fucking creative juices are just fucking flowing and stuff like that. So it's it sounds like a good time. But I, I think the, the big thing that really <laughs> draws people to Hallmat mm-hmm. more than anything else is the format of Hallmat is different. Uh-huh. It's very different. It's it's because um, it's not your typical floor con, right? You're not going to a big empty convention area and just spending on, on stuff and hitting a few panels. Most of the people that I know that go to home, <laughs> they never even go to the floor because <laughs> it's like all the way in the other side of the property. We, you know, no, we heard <laughs> that. We, we, had, right? uh, we had other people on, on the other pod and uh, we had vendors mm-hmm. on the other pod and they were saying like, yeah, man, people don't even uh, really spend money there. Yeah. So we heard yeah. the negative part. So <laughs> you guys are talking about nothing but positive no. right here. You know what no, I'm um, But it's, <laughs> it's the reality. And, I, and a lot of the vendors that I know, I tell them the same thing, like, Understand that hall mats are going to get a lot of numbers because yeah, right, vendors go off of like, hey, how many attendees do you have so I can prepare? Hall mat is this weird, like black goose or mm-hmm. ugly duckling of the fact that like, yes, they will get those numbers. They're not lying about the numbers that they bring. Yeah. They bring However, only people. expect like a quarter of those numbers to actually go to the floor because they're not there for the floor. A quarter, bro. Yeah. A they're going to the hallways. They're going a to quarter. meet. And yeah. then you oh, got to yeah. think about like out of that quarter, a quarter of them are gonna buy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so the people that are there, they're there for the location. They're there to meet creators, yeah. and they're there to get content. They're there to like hang out at the bar. Con. There's people that go and just stay <laughs> no three vendors. days at that bar, and that's it. They yeah. start their day at the bar in the lobby. They end the day at that bar in the lobby. They go sleep, do it again for the next three days, and just shake hands. The format of Hallmat is very different, and I think that's what makes it so enjoyable. Because you're not constantly pressured to be on the floor, you're not constantly pressured to go to the panels, all that's an afterthought. You make a hall mat what you want. If you want to go and just meet people and have a chill time, you do that. If you want to go and just party your brains out for yeah. the entire weekend, you can do that. The format's so different, and that brings people back. The fact that a hotel's there, so it's, li- yep. it's almost like a 24-hour thing. Mm-hmm. So literally, like, after 8 o'clock or something, people change into onesie pajamas. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's pretty much superhero theme. 
Um, is Hallmat a whole weekend or a one day thing? It's two days. Two days. Three days. Three days. Okay. Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Yeah. Okay. That that's something that I'm actually trying to create here. For those who don't know, we're doing Cosfest here at Florida. At, uh, I was about to say Florida Supercon. We're doing Cosfest <laughs> here at Extreme Action Park, and it's supposed to be just a pregame party. But mm-hmm. eventually, I'm trying to get after that Hallmat, yeah. like you know that way of doing things where I want to do a yearly party for cosplayers for artists everyone can can socially network with each other meet each other you know do like set up mm-hmm. fo- photo sessions video sessions whatever and then eventually I want to do it where I'm going to bring in vendors and like make sure that they're not left out so you can literally come to this event it doesn't cost anything it's free you can literally walk in meet your favorite cosplayers but yeah, there may be a couple tables where people are selling some anime stuff and some, you know, geek culture stuff and like no one is being left out. And then what's great is that it's in the middle of Extreme Action Park. So you guys can meet up, play laser tag together, go yeah. go-karting together, which I'm super excited about. Uh, we do have a lot of cosplayers that are saying they're going to come out to this event. And I bu- I booked out some, some go-kart sessions for them. We could do a Mario Kart race. I know some people are... are planning on coming in dressed as like metroid characters to do a laser tag game um i someone told me that they're thinking about maybe coming in as like indiana jones and doing like an escape room which i'm like yo that's totally awesome let's do it and again it's a free event which i'm super excited about um so with hallmat um I mean, does it get to a point where it's so crowded that you're not able to work or you still have... That's, that's the beauty of it. I've <laughs> never... Because it's such an expansive property, right? Mm-hmm. You have this giant outdoor pool. You have this giant lake. You have the, the lobby area that has two floors. You have this very long hallway. Uh, and part of that is where they usually... They, there's two big sections where they have big Christmas trees. You just have so much space that regardless of how many people are there, it's very hard to just be like, hey, we're shoulder to shoulder. Because once again, it's not a floor. You're not limited to like little alleys between vendors. Mm-hmm. It's giant open spaces on a humongous resort property. And you can go anywhere, right? Um, there's also like this space outside where they have like, this beautiful uh, purple lit green room that people go to. There's just a lot of space and availability. And because a lot of people there are there for content creation, they respect each other enough. They're like, hey, let me not be <laughs> like, let me not be right right up next to you. Um, so no, I, I always have a great time. I, I shoot a lot at home at, and I've never had that issue of like, I am just absolutely in flux of people all over me. What about you, Delgado? So for me, it's uh, different because about two or three years ago, I decided that home at was a, a fun moment for me and everybody that we know, I don't shoot at home anymore. I don't take equipment at all. Because I don't take equipment at all because every time I, I, I so I've been. Uh, kind I of, told myself that last year. It didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't work. It, it takes a while. It takes a while because, <laughs> funny enough, I've been telling myself because as we are concentrating more on short films, uh, it, you know, shooting at the conventions, it takes time from, as far as post-production, it takes time from, uh, from planning, from meeting, to to make these short films happen. So I've been telling myself, hey, I'm going to minimize a little bit of the convention shooting. But every time I take the camera and lighting, I'm like, man, that's a dope cosplay. Let me pull it out real quick. Yeah. So when it comes to home at, I tell myself, no equipment whatsoever. Because if I have it, then I'm shooting. <laughs> and yeah, that's what we did. Um, uh, we did def- not, not this past year, but the last year, you know, I, I, I take Stephanie with me. And we had a blast. 
I, I came in a Batman onesie. She was a Wonder Woman bat onesie. And we came later. So that's what good thing about home at. You don't have to come at tw 12 or in the morning or, oh, 5 o'clock is too late. No, no, if anything, wait, because everybody's going to be at the bar. We're going to be drinking and having a good time. How, how much are these drinks? You know what I mean? Okay, so 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 <laughs> the ones you buy the are the ones you bring. Orlando, <laughs> Orlando prices, Orlando prices. I was yes. thinking that yes. bringing drinks. Definitely, Remember, you're at your hotel. Yeah, yeah. You bring whatever you, you want, my guy. <laughs> there's, there's rooms that's nothing but liquor. What, what do they call those drinks that you bring? Like drinks that you bring to yourself. It's it's called like a. a a booze bag or something. Or yeah. A, yeah, that's what we call a booze bag. So I definitely <laughs> recommend, I mean, because we we were a little bit late of the game, but we got there and we're like, well, let's, let's get let's get a bottle. The bottles are pretty expensive there because they have their own little, not mall, but a little shopping area where yeah. you can get food, like a little food court. So if anything, Bring stay at the hotel there, definitely, you know, because don't have to worry about parking because trying to get in, it gets packed. Literally, the line is outside. You might have to wait a couple, maybe 20, 30 minutes just to get dropped off at the front. So definitely stay at the hotel and just leave your car there, really, and get yourself some booze and pregame in the hotel room. And if you feel like, you know, keeping it lively, then, yeah, uh -huh. get yourself something to bar. Why not? So the, the 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 party never goes to, like, the actual floor, so you guys were just, like, uh, well, you know, I'm thinking about frat. We're, and we're thinking at, about college. Pat, have you been to Hallmat? <laughs> Not never. So, yeah, we haven't been to Hallmat. That's why we're asking <laughs> these questions and we're picking your brains because we keep hearing both sides. It's like either like, go or not. Like, the vendors are like, nah, don't waste your time. And then everybody else is like, no, what are you talking don't about? It's the biggest time, party of the year. Waste, like, absolutely. Waste your time. <laughs> know what you're getting into. If you're there to set up a booth and a table, understand that your numbers are not going to be what they advertise. Yeah. That's it. If you if you go yeah, there prepared with that, yeah. you're going to do fine, right? Um, one one thing that I, I like to talk to is you're going to get people at the floor regardless. Mm -hmm. However, uh, and, and as far as local they have cons. panels there too? Yeah, they have panels. Um, <laughs> what I try to compare right, it to is like, think about it like this. You're looking at numbers that are going to be more, I don't know about this year. This year was kind of crazy, but traditionally, you're going to have numbers of people that are more equivalent to like a super con or a mega con going to Hallmat. Mm -hmm. However, at the vendors, you you're going to get... Year's super, you talking about this year's MegaCon? No, no. Not, oh, okay. this, this year's MegaCon. <laughs> um, but, but as attendees-wise, that's the numbers they're going to sell to advertise and justify their booth ticket. Yeah. But if you're going to the booth and you're looking for people buying stuff, you have to be more in the mindset of like, I can judge this on the terms of attendees for like an otaku fest, Right. Um, or something a, a bit smaller, more compact in nature, because that's what you get. You get people going to this event like a Supercon, mm -hmm. you know, Glory Day Supercon, but you get people buying more on the Otaku Fest side. If you understand that as a vendor, then you play the risk of the games that you want, right? I know a lot of vendors that will go, they'll have, just hire someone to vendor stuff to make and They'll go hit the rest of the, the party while, they, while that happens. Those vendors tend to be the ones that are happiest when they leave. Because yeah. they understand the fact, like, hey, I'm not here to make a ton of money. I'm still going to sell my product. It's, it's, it's like a, But I'm going to go enjoy the party. This is the party of the year. It's That's like your I'm holiday for. party. It's yep. like if, uh, if cosplayers and photographers and videographers were, if it was like if you guys all worked at the office. Mm -hmm. 
this is your holiday party kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. <laughs> At least for me, because like yeah. I said, I don't bring equipment. I, you don't I was bring like, equipment. Yo, let's go have fun. Let's mingle. Your, <laughs> I think that's all. That's also been a struggle for us, and uh, maybe for you guys, is that like we want to go, but we also want to enjoy the con. So it's like you want to buy tickets for extra days. So it's like, all right, one day I'm working, but the other day I'm I'm having fun. Like yeah. you know, I'm, I'm sure you guys go through that as well, right? Yeah. What What I've started doing recently is uh, I keep all my my books are scheduled. Mm-hmm. And what I try to do is given there's there's an ebb and flow that you can expect at every three-day con, which is the norm, right? Yeah. The three-day uh, weekend con is the norm. You can expect Friday and Saturday to be busy, and you can expect Sunday to be like the chill day. Mm-hmm. What I try to do is if my Friday and Saturday books up before mm-hmm. Sunday's looking busy, I was like, all right, cool, we're done. And that's it. And if what if I have bookings on Sunday... I'll try to negotiate with the, the bookies that I have and put them on one little block, mm-hmm. shoot that block, be done, enjoy the rest of the day. That's what I try to do now because I, I'm fortunate enough to be able to do that. I know a lot of people are like, hey, whatever I can get, I'm going to be there. I need those, I need those slots, yeah. and I understand that. But that's what I try to do now to kind of balance the fact that, like, hey, I'm here to work for this, even though I really enjoy what I'm doing. But I do also want a day like, hey, what if I want to cosplay or something, you know, what if I just want to, like, go out and have fun? Uh, I did that at Mega. Um, I did that Thursday. Thursday, I didn't book anything. I started uh, my bookings come Friday, shot Friday, Saturday, and uh, a small I don't think block we saw you at MegaCon. You know, there was a lot of people we didn't that, see. Yeah, that's a lot. That's crazy because usually when I go to cons, I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm going to see these people at the cons. Yeah. But MegaCon is like... No, I didn't see anybody who I was expecting to see. Just and not even like planning to see them. It was like one of those I'll bump into you. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I didn't bump into. Anybody. Well, so it's funny because um, I was able to book a booth um, for Extreme Action Park. Uh, we're actually going to have a very large area. So I've been talking to. Re- I've been building a relationship with Repop. Um, I've been on the phone with them every single day, and what they basically taught me was that MegaCon um, basically. Uh, gets people from all around the country. Supercon is mostly Florida. Yeah. So, yeah, you're going to get less people. Therefore, you have more chances. Because I, w- I was looking at the numbers for Megacon. Megacon sold up close to 150,000 attendees. Uh, Florida, the Megacon, that was Megacon. Supercon is 50,000. Yeah. So, yeah, they, it was it was hard. It was hard finding people because you just had people from around the country you're bumping into. Um, but with Florida Supercon, you're more likely to see everybody because it's more local than the other one. Um, for for all these upcoming events, like um, what else do you guys have plans for? Like um, other than just photography, do you do you plan on expanding and doing other things at these events? Or I mean, I, I don't know. Like I, I, this is just a, a question from like upcoming photographers. Like, what advice do you give them? Um, if they want to come to these conventions and expand their name and their business, like what what steps should they take? You want to kick us off with, with videos here, guy? So, so I mean, when it comes to business at the convention, I'm the wrong person to ask because, you know, from the beginning for me, it's always been about relationships and how I can, because like I said, Geekvise is a brand. But, but that's big. Building the relationship is like the most important part. Oh, no, for sure. Yeah. For sure. And uh, I guess my, my, my thing is, um, you know, um, don't be shy. Because, I mean, you know, like I said, it took me a little while. But I found out that all you got to do is say, hey, do you mind if I capture footage of you? They didn't know who I was. They didn't know 
what it was, just how camera, like, yeah, sure. And then I, I you know, I give him my information. And from there on, you know, when you have something of, not, not to say value, but something interesting to give, then you start building a... a you call it value, man. It, it's value. <laughs> yeah, it yeah, pretty much a, a value. It's like uh-huh. you pretty much we cre- create a, a, a little ecosystem. Mm-hmm. And with these cosplayers, they know that I'm constantly creating content and I, I'm looking to create more fan films. And they're like, yes, let's do it. You know, I mean, everybody, if you're cosplaying a certain character, you mm-hmm. know you would love to do some type of a live action, mm-hmm. whatever it is. So, so if anything, like for me, um, you know, you can still do business. Like, but like I said, for me, it was definitely the brand. All right. Sorry about that, guys. Um, where were we? The, the guy was finishing up on a, the, advice for side people. Of his non-advice. Oh. <laughs> his non-advice for people. My, my non-advice. So, yeah. So, as far as, far as business, like, I, I dabble with it. But at the same time, I'm like, you know what, man? Um, it's me. always been about, about the brand. Your business is building relationships. Building that, relationships that and is, building building the brand. So, yeah. Um, you know, it, it, for me, it has been artistic scape. Mm-hmm. I deal with clients all the time. I deal with, a, now I work, I deal with an ad agency who, who has clients and is big clients. So so it's always been an artistic escape where I'm like, I'm doing whatever the fuck I want. So for me, it has been, I'm just going to put my interpretation and my artistic style to it and just put it out there. And, you know, people, people recognize the style, people recognize the brand, mm-hmm. the color. Every time they, people tell me, every time they see yellow, they're like, "Oh, keep eyes." So, <laughs> so um, you know, it, it's, it's that's that's been my thing. And and yes, you can make, uh, and you should, uh, uh, if that is your thing. You know, if you're looking to become a professional videographer. But for me, I'm, I'm already like him. We're good mm-hmm. as far as our our lifestyle. We're good. And um, for me, it's all about. The brand, the brand, pushing the brand, pushing the brand. And, you know, another thing that they mentioned is with comic book artists. You know, I got the chance to interview some of today's hottest comic book artists, which I didn't know, funny enough, until I researched them. Mm. Now I'm into comics. Now I'm actually buying comics and reading comics. Back then, I used to draw them when I was younger, so I never really read into it. So when I got the chance to meet and interview these artists, I was like, holy shit, I know that comic co- cover. That's dope. I, that's, that's this artist who did this. Like, I, I, I was a big fan of Red Hood before he became really popular. Mm-hmm. And I got to interview the writer, and I didn't know he was the writer until I started re- researching him for the interview. I was like, oh, fuck, this is the guy. So so for me, it's always been the artist's escape and building the brand so that way when the fan films and own IP come out, we have the support uh-huh. both logistically and fan Okay. Okay. <laughs> uh, and Dapper, what about you? What 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 is your advice that you give to like you know these all these artists that want to get into the behind the scenes aspect of these uh, events? Uh, leave it right here. There we go. <laughs> all right, I'm not going to try and leave it right there. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully it doesn't move. Um, I was going to say like I w- I can relate to that because I'm so. Kind of starting out, I started kind of in Germany, like, just, like, a trial, like, let's see if this works. So um, I kind of understand. I'm not really going to too much, like, big cons. Like, just start with local. Like, I'm not really thinking about traveling. Like, I may do um, the hall mat one cause, just because it looked interesting. But, uh, I mean, for right now, um, just... Just start going. Just go. Start going to local cons. Go to any of the small ones. Just get your name out there. Start taking photos, and then hopefully your um, 
hopefully you can get some people. And then once you get like at least like one person, like or like two, three, then you start rolling, the ball starts rolling a little bit. Um, mm -hmm. People start like liking your artwork. Um, I also do like different things too, like with graphic design. So I do like motion graphics. Like I started like doing like this regular like anime wallpapers and then like the still images, but like I'm putting them into Adobe and then making them move. So it kind of looks like it's 3D, but it's a still image. But yeah, just start somewhere. That's all I can say. Just start somewhere, get a camera, start taking some photos, just plain ask. Um, hopefully you'll have like some kind of like business card or like that's why I did um, Otaku Fest in January. Just had like, and I mean now I got a different business card. It looked a little bit better, but just have something. Put your name out there. Take photos. Say like, oh, here's my. Uh, um, just start growing, pretty okay. much. Nice. And what about you, Nate? Uh, so I hope you guys have like an hour or so. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, for me, it's it is a business. This is it's the only thing I do full time. I don't I don't work. At a, at a different company or with anyone else. This is what I do full-time. I chose to do this full-time. Um, so for me, business is a huge aspect of it. However, within that, the most important thing is exactly what Delgado, um, what he hit on, which is branding. Branding is the most important thing. I don't consider myself to be a great photographer. I don't consider myself to be the best photographer, but I am really good at branding myself. Um, I, I, I'm able, like, I, every time I go shoot, I wear a uniform, even though it's me, even though I don't answer to anyone, I wear a uniform. That's become part of my brand at this point. Uh, and, I, and I honestly ride the meme culture of what it is. Most of the people that I work with, most of the people that I go to conventions, they're gonna see me wearing the one thing that I wear always, which is my, my giant khaki cargo pants and my black, uh, my black shirt with my logo on it or my white shirt with my logo every once in a while when I'm feeling a little frisky. <laughs> um, but they, they know that that is my uniform. I show up in my cargo pants, I do it, and I own to that meme because that's the, that's the culture we live in. We live in a meme culture where you want to grab attention, meme something out of it, make it funny, have mm -hmm. people like laugh at something, you'll, you'll gain that, that attention immediately. So... Uh, I play with that. I play with, with the fact of the uniform. I don't change my look very often. Uh, I have bleached blonde hair and a giant beard. Sometimes, and trust me, I want to see my chin again, but that's <laughs> part of the brand, right? People know, like, hey, guy with the with the, the ramen noodle hair and the giant beard, that's Nate. They know who I am, so I brand myself a particular way. I'm very cognitive of that, um, and I and I act a certain way at, at a thing where, where like, you get people within the community, like, they'll make shorts and they'll do, like, little things on their stories. Like, hey, I Nate takes. And I'll see them, like, walking around with, like, a tripod on their shoulder, just, like, hoofing it to a place where it's just typically me when I'm going from an on-location shoot to another on-location shoot. Like, I'm high. I got to go because my schedule is always so booked. I understand that's my mannerisms. And so do they. Mm -hmm. And they own that. They're like, hey, that is how Nate is. And they'll own that brand and they'll play with it. They'll meme it. I'll have a, a laugh but it pushes my brand forward, right? Uh, branding is the most important thing that you can do, is establish a thing, don't keep changing it all the time. That way people know who to look for, how to find you, um, if it's through a watermark, uh, if it's through your business card, if it's through your style of photography, keep some form of consistency, regardless of what it is, just so people have a avenue of like, if I need to follow this thread, I'm gonna find you. Right. 
I think that is the most important thing if you're trying to make this some sort of successful venture um, instead of just like, oh, it's a hobby. And that's perfectly fine. You just like want to go and do it as a hobby, go for it. Uh, however, if you do want to, to do it, even as a hobby where people are consistently wanting to work with you in this field, brand yourself accordingly and keep that brand uh, in a way that people can find you. I, I, <laughs> I think you hit the nail right in the head as far as you were saying like, about your image and your branding because last year at Florida Supercon, uh, Geek Vice, Pat, myself, we were hanging out by the cosplay area. And we do this every single time where we arrive and then we huddle to like make our plan like all right so how are we going to do this like all right so we're doing an interview first and then we'll do a cosplay video and, and literally from the corner of my eye and my peripherals i did see a tall skinny guy with bleached hair running around <laughs> and i was like in my the back of my head i thought oh nate's here yeah. <laughs> and, you're, and you're talking about a con that has like seventy thousand people yeah. or whatever going on yeah. like yeah no that's nate uh, i just see them bouncing around with a giant like, on that's shoulder. awesome yeah, that's i think we've branded ourselves as like those two guys that just have no clue what the fuck they're doing um <laughs> It's, it's, yeah, man. I, well, my whole thing is like, yo, uh, you guys are doing your fun thing, and uh, I'm just doing this because I just like uh, I just like comic books and stuff. Like, actually, I just like I just like cool shit, and I think this is cool for right now. Yeah, <laughs> that's my whole thing. Everyone has become to know Pat like. Uh... Oh, he's just the guy that forgets everyone's names or <laughs> forgets like references. No. We did uh, when we did Florida Supercon. He wanted to ask people like about the movie Shang Chi, and he couldn't pronounce Shang Chi. <laughs> and I think I did an entire reel of him mispronouncing the name. <laughs> they know me as the guy that just knows nothing about anything, and I'm just like picking your brain. Like mm -hmm. when I interview people, I'm just like, tell me about everything. Like because I don't, I'm I'm just a learner. Mm -hmm. I'm 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 here just learning shit. But it's gotten to a point where now it's like even at MegaComp, people were like. This guy walked up to us and he was like, oh, we seen it. And we're like, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, shit. What do you mean? Who? I think another thing, too, like how you guys have been branding yourself, because uh, you told me this all the time that it's funny when you come and approach somebody for the first time. Oh, my God. They're like, oh, my God. Hey, how you doing? It's been so good. It's good seeing you. It's like, yeah, we never physically met. <laughs> so everybody who knows we've seen it, they feel like they met Kevin, but they haven't. Yeah, yeah they confuse me for Delgado all the time. There's So there have been times where Delgado and Pat go to a convention. Delgado will help out with we seen it. we seen it will help out with Geekvice. And then I show up, and they're like, yo, it's you. And I'm like, no, I don't know. Who are you? You met Delgado. You just thought it was me. But yeah, that happens a lot. That's fun. Um, now let's get into like pop culture stuff, what we normally do on the podcast. Um, we were just talking about off screen the boys. What what do you guys think of the boys so far this season? It's uh, explosive. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> to say the least. Yeah, that first episode was really explosive. You know, I, I realized that uh, um, a lot of people uh, did not like that first episode. That that first episode with uh, you know what you're talking about the whole thing about uh, uh, the guy going inside somebody's. Uh, Urethra? Urethra. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. His urethra canal. Yeah, yeah, and then, you know, uh, sneezing and then, uh, what you call it, <laughs> exploding inside. There was somebody who I was talking to, and they said that, yeah, my friend said that, uh, yeah, he checked out. I'm like, like checked out of what? Like, yeah, man, he's not watching the boys at all. Man. <laughs> so he's not watching the boys at all. After everything that's happened, I'm like, I said, what? What was it? Was it the big penis? <laughs> <laughs> but, like, if you watch the first couple seasons, like, that shouldn't have been a no, surprise. It, that wasn't a, it shouldn't have been a surprise. I loved it. 
Bro, there was, was there was heads that were being blown up that were exploding like at the end of what season two, two? was it? Yeah, yeah, season two. Yeah, that were just uh, exploding for fucking nowhere. Uh, what was the most crazy? What was another crazy thing? There was a girl who's uh, who's riding somebody uh, a guy's face and then she squished that shit. Yeah, remember that? That, that was, was that first was season, season one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and it was like, so this did it for you, <laughs> huh? <laughs> but I don't know because um, I found out about it. A little bit about it before I even watched it. Like uh, somebody said, "Oh yeah, the boys uh, season three, uh, season three just dropped." I'm like, "Oh word!" They said, "Yeah," but uh, that first episode is crazy. I'm like, "Oh, how crazy is it? Yo, it's crazy." I'm not gonna tell you, but be prepared. So I was watching the season one. Uh, I was watching uh, the episode, thinking to myself, like, I think right. I think Homelander <laughs> is my favorite villain right now in any TV show. Like. Even more than what we've been seeing on Obi Wan and all these other series, like I think Homelander to me is like pure evil. Like he yeah. really is depicting depicting it. Really Amazing well. cast too. It's just the way his faces is, he, when he, the way he pulls his Kanye, where he's like, "Amazing!" And he's been getting in trouble in real life too. So it's like they really did pick the right guy because yeah. right before this season aired, he got in trouble. He got locked up. Really? Yeah. yeah. He got like in a crazy fight a and. Bar fight. Not like, like, uh, like, like, not like Flash. Ezra Miller? Ezra Miller hits women. Ezra Miller you know I mean? is, a, is a real life uh, yeah. villain. Yeah, potential, villain. Potential cult uh, really? person? Really? Uh, so he's been, uh, he's been um, grooming. Like, he, he apparently gave drugs to like a 16 year old and like did all this crazy stuff. Like, it, all this stuff just got unveiled. Yeah. <laughs> He's a real life villain, bro. <laughs> like he's doing some crazy shit, man. Yo, that is some self sabotage shit because, like, you're like your movie's about to come out. You're about anybody to blow up. Yeah. To, yeah, anybody would want to be in his place because people automatic they they liked him in uh, Justice League. Yeah, like, he was a good Flash. Like he was an automatic like, do do not change this guy. Yes, this guy is is dope. And then this guy just wants to go around just punching people in the face for doing karaoke. <laughs> What's going on, bro? You ain't the real Frank Sinatra. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I remember I was talking to somebody, and uh, we were talking about, yeah, he just punching people for karaoke. And I said, I'm like, you know what? Just to save face, there's nothing worse than going to a bar, and then you find out that there's karaoke happening at 9 o'clock, but you already got there at 7, and then you hear somebody singing on the mic. That's fucking, that, I'll be mad too. <laughs> I'll be mad too. I wouldn't be mad enough to like punch somebody in the face, but I would be, oh god damn it, man! There's gonna be more motherfuckers up here. <laughs> you know, you want to leave because you didn't know that it was karaoke night. You just, you know, you just wanted to. But get not, a did, not only did he punch people, he's throwing chairs at people's yeah. faces you're right, too, man. You're right, that's like that's accuracy. that's beyond, bro. That's beyond. <laughs> that's um, accuracy. What else? What else is out that you guys want to talk about? Like, what else have you? Well, that Winnie uh, the Pooh commercial. I want that Winnie the Pooh trailer. What no, do you guys? Uh, you you, you, you actually watched? hit on one that I would love to talk about. What? What? Obi Wan. Obi Wan. So, what do you guys think? What, of what, what are your opinions on Obi Wan? Yeah, there's a lot of controversy about what people think, huh? What, what, what is the controversy? Yeah. Um, um, I imagine. Have we all watched Obi Wan? <laughs> yeah, I watched. Yeah, I watched yeah. the first two episodes. You watched uh, the first two? Yeah. Um, I think. I think on? it started with the Book of Boba Fett. People were expecting so much, and then it just kind of like. Like fizzed out yeah. and turned bland, well, I mean, and then people, guy, then people once again got hyped up for Obi Wan. They're like, "Oh yeah. my God, Hayden Christensen, you and McGregor!" But it's like, okay, we saw Darth Vader in that one scene that was cool, but now it's like it feels like it's going downhill mm. again. That's so, what people have been saying. I don't know how I, you guys think. Here's the thing: 
Mm. For me, I'm a huge Star Wars nerd. That yeah. is that is like if I can pick one fandom to hold to my grave, it'll mm-hmm. be Star Wars. I love that franchise. Um, I am not blind to the fact that that franchise has had problems since coming under the Disney umbrella. Mm-hmm. Some of them have been amazing. Uh, I can confidently say just about anything that Dave Filoni is involved with, I absolutely love. And that's been since before, since since uh, uh, the Clone Wars. I've, I've loved anything that he's been involved in. Uh, to that fact, um, when it comes to an action sequence, my favorite lightsaber duel of all time was in the Clone Wars, and it was Obi-Wan. It was Obi-Wan with Savage Press and Darth Maul. That two-on-one fight, till this day, is like that is the best thing ever in Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Because, one, it starts off with another Jedi Master being killed right off the bat, which is like, it doesn't happen very often. Like, you're like, yeah, there's some, you know, no-day person. Like, no, there's a Jedi Master from the Council. It just got yeah. popped, right? So it puts the stakes very high, and then you're like, well, now it's Obi-Wan, and so far you're always led to believe, you know, like Anakin is, is the top guy. Like, he is a superstar. And uh, you're going against, you know, well, he's nowhere to be found. And now you got Darth Maul, who is Darth Maul. He's that, that presence that he always is and mm-hmm. everything that he shows him. Uh, and then you got, you know, his giant linebacker brother, Savage Opress, who's just, like, huge. And you're like, well... Obi-Wan, you're about to get messed up. I'm like, no, he takes it to him hard. Loved it. I absolutely love that. When you go from that buildup that we've had over the years with Obi-Wan, grabbing Anakin as a kid, growing, being a general through the wars, and then seeing that, that being what I believe to be the most powerful lightsaber fight, and we get to Obi-Wan, and they made him up. Bitch, <laughs> he is such a little bitch. Like, I get it, bro. Ten years have passed. Yeah. But weren't you supposed to be, like, training here and, like, doing stuff with, like, trying to get in touch with Qui-Gon and all that? Like, you don't just stop, like, being what you are. He did. At the end they of made him uh, the such movie, a little he bitch. did try to get in touch with uh, Qui-Gon. Cause, uh, well, well Yoda, g- Yoda gave him the assignment. Yeah. He's like, I got, yeah. I got training set up for you. Yeah. You're going to try to get in touch. And, so like, he just never did it. So, yeah, he's just been like... I, I don't know how to hold a lightsaber anymore or do <laughs> well, anything. Like, bro, tell them it's not the droids they're looking for. Like, do something, bro. I, like, I, <laughs> well, my expectations for the show is I like where it's going um, because I really feel like uh, we're going to see a fucking uh, a badass duel at the end of this season mm-hmm. between, I think, Obi-Wan and uh, what's that, that Grand, that grand in, in Inquisitor? Maybe two of those Grand in, Inquisitor. The third sister? The third sister. Right. And because um, I don't think I don't know if they're gonna they're gonna have another season of this, but if they do, I wouldn't I wouldn't give I wouldn't bust my nut on the Obi Wan versus uh, what you Darth call Vader? it Darth Vader right now. You know what I mean? No. The, the what they're doing to Darth Vader right now, what you know, whenever he enters a room, this guy is fucking shit up. Mm-hmm. He's over here choking people. He's doing some stuff. This guy is a menace, man. Oh yeah. I mean, this guy is he's going around just fucking up people, and it's like, oh my god, he's one of those dudes. Like, if he enters a room. He brings the mood down because it's like, oh, somebody's gonna die. Who's it gonna <laughs> be? Who's it gonna be? And I like that. Um, and that whole room in uh, what you call it, uh, episode. Oh, I think you haven't seen the movie. Never mind. I'm not what, even gonna what, talk about it. What <laughs> when he beckons the girl? No, no, no. They, <laughs> they, there's a room where they show nothing but like, uh, I guess it's like dead people. It's like a, a shrine. Oh yeah, of yeah, dead the people. tomb, the tomb, the right? The tomb, yeah. And 
I didn't even know that shit existed. I had to rewind that mm-hmm. shit like three times. I'm like, what the fuck? I'm like, are, are all these people dead? I'm like, I thought these so, motherfuckers. So he just, he kills people and then he just puts like a shrine of these people on the walls? So that place, are a they lot of like, the lore around that place only exists in the comics, uh, right? It's nothing that's been on TV. Uh, but that is essentially like... Are they in the same gunk that's in Jurassic Park? Like the same mm-hmm. thing that they got the mosquitoes in? <laughs> kind of. I mean... Ember? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so so they're, they're held in a stasis field. Uh-huh. Um, and that place is meant to be the, the Grand Inquisitorium, which is where they train Inquisitors. Like a museum, so we can yeah. just... Anybody can and just walk in and just pay it It's off. also where they, they, they basically, with all those bodies, it's meant to bring in dark energy to that air. Oh, that's shit. That's meant to create almost like an artificial Sith temple just through death and pain and all the Jedi that they've hunted, all the Force users that they've hunted across the board. Because so it's meant to be a hugely that place dark... Is fucking dope. I would like to walk on that set yeah. just because they have that fucking room with everybody in there. Yeah. And uh, there's the room where... Um, where Vader chokes uh, the third sister, mm-hmm. and you see in the background somebody uh, on TikTok said that there's lightsabers that yep. are on the tables that are in the background. So those were like fallen Jedi that they took their fucking lightsabers and just have those shits just mounted in different places. I'm like, God damn, man. Yep. Just want to just walk around. Wait, <laughs> that's, that's their there. collection of Pokemon cards. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You just I can just see like a uh, Darth Vader like cribs. She's like, yeah, I killed this motherfucker right here. <laughs> I killed this dude. He didn't even see me coming. He was in the bathroom. As soon as he walked out, boop, got his ass. He didn't even see me. This guy right here, yo, this is funny. Hey yo, Rick, hey, tell the story. Tell him the story how I got this bitch right here. Yeah. Yeah, he was there. Can we talk about the the gate? <laughs> the gate where um mm. with the laser gate. Oh yeah! Oh. Like you could have just <laughs> did you just walk around? <laughs> I thought they were gonna take the truck. I was like, okay, it makes sense. Yeah, you know, like, they, were, they were seriously stuck. They were like, "Put," and then when they, and, you don't know what to do. Remember ants? Yeah. That leaf falls. Yeah. Yeah. Like, That's exactly how it was. What we do? Dude, I, I would, cause I sat there and I was like, oh shit, damn, that's crazy, cause that's a gate like made out of lightsabers, pretty much. And then when they do the white shot, I was like, but was the truck? (laughs) You're taking the truck. You're just gonna walk around though. That was that whole thing was like I understand why people gripe about that and. What was another thing? Oh, when they were when they were walking, trying to get away from that uh, that Sith temple, mm. that uh, Obi Wan just had uh, Leia in his jacket, and it was like, and it was it was like, oh. even when I saw that, I was like, come on, man, you can't hide better than that. Put her in like one of those trash cans or something, like one of those mobile trash cans or something. It was just like he just hide her. It, it to me, it seemed like it wasn't poor writing. What it was was like. It was like a last minute thing. Like somebody when they were on mm-hmm. set doing this, said, "Yo, what are we gonna do with uh, Leia?" <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> like, damn, uh, Your wardrobe. Yeah, we're the biggest jacket you got. To give Obi Wan one of these fucking jackets, right? Just have him just like cover her over. That's it. All right, cool. We'll, we'll go for it. It works. Let's go. <laughs> Yo, I, I also love the fact that like when they go and they take out those officers to like dress them up and whatnot, like. Yeah. It's, most of the officers you see, they're all like kind of slim figure dudes, mm-hmm. and then he's walking around with like a quadruple XL yeah. like trench coat, just like, like as you can see, it's not just like him holding. It's like his shoulders are all off, see, yeah. it's looking like it's oh hanging off. You're like, bro, what is this? That, that would be a good show to do, uh, uh, like a 
like a, a behind the scenes, like, like a, one of those extra packages of DVDs where you talk to the crew, like, what happened? Did you guys run out of time? <laughs> or was it something like, hey, we had this elaborate thing which we was going to walk through, but you know what? Out of the you know the 12-hour schedule, we were already on 14 hours, so we had to, like, fuck it. Just grab a jacket and go to there. Like, what, what made that decision? Because I'm sure as they were shooting it, they were like, this is not fucking working. This, this is, is working. not fucking working. <laughs> so you said to me that this, this military dude and these both military dudes are walking with a little kid? Who is this little kid? He's not, he's not a <laughs> But I think even going back to George Lucas when he was in charge, I think one thing he's always struggled with the Star Wars uh, films is... Because he said in, in a million times in interviews, oh, this is for kids. Mm-hmm. But then at the same time, you got like limbs being chopped off yeah. and you got all this dark stuff. So it's like, yeah, but it's also for the older crowd, too. And I think there's too. always been like that. They couldn't find that balance. So it's like, yeah, the, the cinematography of this show is dark. But then you have Obi-Wan hiding a kid walking right, yeah. and nobody's noticing. Like, it's goofy at the same time. It's like you have the dark stuff. But then we also can't forget Jar Jar Binks. Like Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> I want to see him in that Amber shit. You bro. know. So I think that's one one thing that that franchise has, has always struggled is like how can we find this balance between Maybe the older crowd and the younger mm-hmm. crowd? And I don't know. I think that's one thing. What about Stranger Things? Have you guys checked out Stranger Things? Oh, I loved it. Yeah. I've, I've, actually, I've never seen a single episode. Of really? Oh. Yeah. Is it something that you're interested in, or you just I like? Mean, yeah, everyone talks no. about it, and it's like. Eh. It's, um, it, the main thing about me is like I don't like too much like mainstream things. So if, it, if it's yeah. like pretty popular, I'll like. It's like unless it really ca- like catch my eye, but mm-hmm. like I saw like my grandpa was like watching it. I watched like the newest season, the newest season, I guess, and like I watched episode one and two. I was like. Like it's kind of okay. But Do I was you like, know what's going on? I have no idea what's going. I had no idea. <laughs> yeah. Like during the eighties, I was like, I was like, I'm trying to think if you could watch season three and not know any of the backstory nah, and still nah, it's hard. be with it. How, yeah, so it's hard. Watching, you see all these normal kids and then this one girl bleeding from her nose. Yeah, like what? Hard, no, but I mean the 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 latest season, they really. Um, I think you could just watch it without going knowing the backstory or anything. I I would agree with that. I would. Yeah. Because I saw a dramatic shift on how the storytelling was done this mm-hmm. latest season. Or I was even talking to Epi. It's like, there's a change that happened where before, like seasons one through three, you're like, hey, scientists and this gay, and you think it's hell, but it's not hell, and there's this monster. It's very convoluted. And yeah. you're like, kind of just like along for the rise, and, and God Emperor Steve over there swinging a baseball bat, and you're like, yeah. all right, cool, we're here. And there's kids, and it's steamed appropriately, and you know, it hits that nostalgia button. But it is kind of difficult to track if mm-hmm. you're not watching episode by episode for the first three seasons. I think season four, they kind of change it where it's more like, it's like this is a horror movie. movie. Yeah. yeah. That's it. Like, there's a big bad guy doing <laughs> yeah. bad stuff in this other world, and you need to figure out. So they, they tell you almost a self-contained story, and I think the ending where they tie stuff back was brilliantly done, where they give explanation to the other seasons, but honestly, you can contain that story within itself, Yeah, introduce you to Vecna right off the bat, figure yeah. out his weakness, and have to fight him up to the so point right, that's that. It's, it's kids in school having problems like uh, Lucas. You, got, uh, you already know that Lucas's part. He was once one of the geeks, and now he's He's becoming a jock, mm-hmm. yeah, which I, I really too. wish they would have like dove in deep with that. But I mean, that's a whole different fucking that's a whole different TV show altogether. But but then like 
he became a jock. He wanted to become a jock so he could bring his friends into like the cool crowd. Yeah. Like, cause his whole thing was like, yo, he said, I don't want to be picked on anymore and all the other bullshit. Mm. That's what he was saying. And his friends just dove in deep that like, rather than trying to be like cool with the, like where everybody else, they were like, no, nah, no, nah, we're going to dive in deep on this um, <coughs> Dungeons and Dragons stuff. And we're going to, you know, we're going to finish this campaign that we started ever since like from, I don't know, the starting of uh the school year kind of thing. So they were going to finish that. So there's that story. Then uh, there's Max who you find out in that, in that uh, fourth season that, okay, why? Cause they, they, they make you feel like, okay, she's sad for a reason. She doesn't mm-hmm. want to talk to anybody. And then you find out that, okay, she lost her her brother. But if you didn't know that before previous seasons, yeah. you're just thinking that, oh, I don't know why she's sad. So, bitch, we're, going about, we're about to tell you ass. Like, but what about so with Hopper? Trauma. But what about Hopper? with Hopper? If you didn't know anything and you go into the show and you see Russia. A guy in prison. But what do the Russians have anything to do no, with it? I, I think that right. would yeah. probably be the hardest pill to swallow. Yeah. But yeah. even Hopper That's itself the, is like, it's own condi- like yeah. there is barely any crossover there. It's yeah. not, not at all. So it's like, just, hey, the kids yeah. are doing their thing, and the parents are doing their own thing, and mm. it's that shit is nuts. That that whole is. Russian thing, that whole Russian story, I oh stop, it stop. All right, then title change. Fucking Mandalorian. Your brother. The book of Mandalorian comes in, saves the show. <laughs> Oh man, no, I, I, I was very impressed with Stranger Things because I'm not gonna lie, I've been yeah the, on the, the fence like of it. Like minutes, I'll watch it, people know it, people are watching minutes. it. This last scene is like okay, and the last this one is a great was 98 show. minutes. It was like an hour and 30 minutes. It was like okay. there was a yeah. movie every episode. It was like it was really long. I was like, damn, these shit. Last long. night, so like people were complaining about it. It was saying like, damn, these episodes, each episode is like a movie. I don't know how people can complain about. That's like awesome. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm here for it. Bro. Like, Give me all that shit. Uh, as long as the pacing is good, the story is good. Like, I'm not gonna complain. Like, Jesus Your brother intrigues me. Of, like, yes. he often has that effect on people. I think the best thing to do is don't get, don't be too into something. Yeah. It seems like the more you're into it, the more you're gonna get disappointed into it. Like you're gonna, it's like, hey, it's not you doing it. You gotta remember that it's not you who are writing the script and doing it. So they're gonna do some shit that's gonna be like. Uh, I, I'm not. I'm not feeling that for Obi though. Obi Wan. I'm not. And, think, and, I'll, and I'll tell you why. It's gonna be it's, a big payoff. For it's Ewan McGregor's age. Because the very last episode you saw, like, yeah, he wasn't fighting Vader and whatnot, but him, like, just going through corridors and fighting off stormtroopers and blocking, like, you can tell right then and there, like, he's just not, he, he doesn't, he doesn't have those those action chops anymore, man. He doesn't. And that's what I like. I'm sure the story will wrap up in a nutshell, but that that dual scene that we're wanting to see, yeah. that's not gonna happen. You don't think so? It's not. Not with that. It's gonna, like, it's gonna equal this, the the dueling scene from the first Star Wars movie. Yeah. Yeah. Have <laughs> it's to admit, strike me down. This, okay. <laughs> that, that scene always made me laugh, just because. Uh, let me see if I can show you guys. Because there's this there's this point where uh, they're fighting, right? 
hey, you know when Obi-Wan uh, dies, nobody ever talks about it, but the fact that fucking Vader, like, steps on Obi-Wan's <laughs> You're still here, bro? Like, like, I did that? Like, he didn't know what the fuck he did. And that shit always makes me laugh. And the clothes just like, like fall. That whole cut down scene always makes you laugh because yep. he steps on it like, God damn. Yeah. And that's the only time it happens like that, too. In the entire franchise, that's the only time something ever happens like that. Like everyone else is like, hey, you got impaled or chopped in <laughs> half or like something happens. You don't just like disappear. Like, what? No. He, <laughs> he, looked at, he looked at Luke and then just disappeared. It doesn't make any sense. But, oh, was he, was he force projecting me? No. No, he wasn't? No, that, that was him. So Luke did that, didn't he? He yeah. projected, and then he disappeared when he was fighting, uh, what's that guy? Uh, the yeah. reason why he smiled, because he, he knew how to turn into a force ghost. Darth Vader didn't. He knew, like, okay, you can go ahead and, and kill me, but I'm going to be training him as a ghost, and then you're not going to be able to stop me. That was that was the reason why he made that comment. Like, strike me down and I'll become more powerful than you will ever imagine. Because so it's if you wouldn't strike him down, it would have never it would have never worked. Like he was basically saying, like, bro, you can go ahead and kill me, but at this point now I'm just gonna be a ghost. You're never gonna get rid of so me at that point. Yeah, that was his plan. Because at that point he 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 knew how to do it. He knew that he knew how to do it. That's what this new show is gonna lead into him learning how to do that. Quite on is basically. They gotta have another. Season. I think Liam Neeson is gonna make a cameo, and it's gonna make everybody go oh. berserk. He's gonna finally get in touch with them, and people are gonna be like, "Oh my god!" Oh, no. <laughs> Thanks, Dad. Um, I don't know if you guys have heard the conspiracy theory of um, the ending of what Stranger Things is gonna be. Everyone, some people have started this theory that it's gonna end with. All of this was just one big Dungeons and Dragons game. Like you're gonna no. see them, and they were they, they were actually playing this out this whole time in their head. Like, oh, what are, what is the crew gonna do next? <laughs> and you know, and then it's basically just gonna end with that because it has Demogorgons, it has Vec these are all characters yes. from Dungeons and Dragons. And then they had they interviewed the cast, and then someone mentioned that, and they were like, oh, that is a good idea, and. Yeah, it's actually pretty great. And now, because they reacted that way, people are like, oh, my God. So that's how it's going to end. Are like, they, I don't know. Are they, they pulling they a, a reverse Tom Holland? Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> Just, yeah. Like, like, maybe. That's, that's I, right. don't know, I don't know if that would be good. No, it'll be, it'll be too cheesy. It'll be like the whole conspiracy about like Rick Grimes waking up from his coma. And then everything was in his head. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, I, 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 I don't think. I think they probably played along with it, but I doubt it because, you know, that's lazy writing. No, yeah, it's lazy yeah. writing. And I think uh, Lost ended like that. Like, oh, they were dead the whole time. And yeah. everyone got pissed. And people were like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, I sat there. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh. I never watched Lost, but I remember there were people who were really upset. It was like one of those things, like, people were watching it religiously. And it was, yeah. well, just like fucking Game of Thrones. It was mm -hmm. like, as soon as that shit happened, like, people don't talk about Lost anymore. People don't talk about the TV show Lost, like how they love uh, The Office or f Friends or any of that kind yeah. of stuff. Like, Lost and 
uh, Game of Thrones are TV shows that were so big when they were out, mm-hmm. and then as soon as it ended, people just like, yeah, they don't like. It's like it gives a bad memory. But they I think it was because of how so they ended. Time. They ended yeah. so poorly. Yeah. What? To, okay, so then my question to you guys: What's a show that you think had the best ending ever, and then a show that you think had the worst ending ever? And I apologize that this is right off the top yeah. of my head. <laughs> Zero preparation Jesus. for this. For me, I think my favorite ending will always be Breaking Bad. I, I loved how that show ended. Um, if it, it reminded me a little bit of Scarface, where like he just he understood it was his demise. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as worst ending, I would probably have to say Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones probably had the worst one. As a person who's never watched Game of Thrones but watched the last season, wasn't that bad? <laughs> you went nothing, straight to the last season. I have nothing invested in it. So when I watched the last season, because everybody else was watching, I was like, "Hey, the bet. It was all right. <laughs> it's all right. It's, a, it's gonna it's gonna be a beautiful day tomorrow." <laughs> everybody else over here crying and stuff like, that. like "God damn, Trump." Is also, the Office. I think the Office was also great because they they came around and brought Michael Scott back and all of that. True, true. Yeah. What do you guys think? Uh, so for me, funny enough. Um, me and Stephanie were way late in the game for Lost. So we watched Lost maybe four years ago. We binged it. Mm-hmm. So there was no loss for us oh, okay. watching the ending. Like, to me, it, it kind of made sense, the whole uh, projectory kind of mm-hmm. take. Yeah. But a whole nine years, I think it was nine seasons. Yeah. To do that for nine years. It was really lot. supposed to, I think it was short because they had like a writer strike, right? There was a writer strike. That I was think around that time, yeah. That's when reality TV started coming up. Yeah. Around that time. Blame the fucking writers for reality <laughs> TV, yo. Uh, I'm not going to lie, you put me on the spot on that one. That question. <laughs> I, um, I'm, I'm going to go with an answer with that. That, that is something I've already mentioned, but I don't think anyone else would go with. Uh, simply because it was so impactful for me at the time. Mm. Uh, and it would be an absolutely ironic twist. Mm. I think one of the best stories that gave me the most satisfying ending was Gundam Wing. Mm. Uh, I loved how the story diverged on itself, how villains became heroes and heroes became villains and back and forth and all this um, to give what was an ending solution. The original, nobody, like the, the old old school one? Uh, or? Gundam Wing came out in, in Toonami, like early 2000s, oh, I, okay. I would say. I know, I know what yeah. you're talking about. And then the worst ending <laughs> uh, would be the movie Gundam Wing Endless Waltz. That was like, what the fuck happened <laughs> to like, the, the everything was settled and then some random dude just like, I don't like people. So, oh, so you became chaos. The, yeah, became <laughs> and, the big bad. Yeah, and then nothing really gets resolved in a way that's satisfying. It's like, why did this even happen? Like, people just died and people are angry at each other. You accomplished nothing. Nobody accomplished anything. Like, this was very, I don't know, kind of black. <laughs> so I think that that, that pairing... Because it's so far from each other and it's so connected is probably what jumps out in my mind or something like that. Dapper. I mean, God Hello? damn it, so hard. There we go. Hello? Oh, there we go. <laughs> yeah. I'm, like, I'm trying not to touch it. Too. No, I think it's the, it's the connection. Keep on going. Yeah. Hello? Go. Hello? There we go. Oh, wait. Nah, it keeps cutting out, in Hello? and out. Uh, do you have another XLR? Yeah, I do. If I hold it like this, Actually, though. you know what? He's going he's gonna to... Want me to hold it? No, no, we're gonna change out the cable. Right. Here you go. Oh, this may pop. 
watch your ears. Hello. Yeah. That's yeah, better. a lot better. Yeah, that's a Straight lot to better. the trash can. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, I don't know. Like, what what comes to mind to me is it's just anime because that's usually what I watch the most of. So um, I would say best ending. I love Gurren Logan. The ending to that, how it was just like you go through all this phase and then he's. You know, he's looking up at the stars. You're like, wow, it's like, you know, I'm, I'm done now. It's like, this is for the new generation now. And he's just, like, looking up. I'm like, I'm bawling my eyes out. I'm like, no. It's like, it's ending. <laughs> That's a good fucking uh, it's, anime. I it, remember it's watching, such a good I, anime. I, I, I tried to binge watch that whole thing, but it is a really good anime. It's such a good anime. It's, yeah. it's, 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 it's older now. Yeah. It's older now. But I'm like, I rewatched it um, maybe a few months ago. And I'm getting, I'm bawling my eyes out. I'm like... <laughs> It's like it's so beautiful. Yeah. No, that's a that's a really good anime. Yeah. Uh, uh that's a real good yeah, that's a good one. So a what's bad, the a bad, bad one? one? I don't I really don't know. Um I was watching Twitch with one of my friends and it's not really a story, um it's a video game. He was playing Outlast and he was like saying how bad the ending was. It's like really? He just gets shot up, that's it, that's in end of the game. And I was, I was. That's that uh, the horror. Yeah, it's a horror. It's a horror survivor game. He's getting chased around. Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't know why. That's that's the first thing that popped up because he was just playing it. He finished it last night, and he he was upset with it. He's like, this was this is like your character that you've been playing with just ends up dying. Yeah, he just dies in the end. He gets shot up in the lab. He dies. Like he's a news reporter. Anyone, Alice is pretty. Kind of old you game. You know what that reminds me of? Remember that there was that movie with uh, it was women who were going spelunking. Oh, um, the descent. Descent. Yeah. Yes. That's, that that ending. That's another one of those fucking endings that's like. So she made it fucking out, and then they the fucking guy just hits her in the back of the head and throws her back yeah. in. <laughs> well, that was at the end of part two. At okay. the end of part yeah. one, there's a whole sequence. That she escapes, and then you find out she's actually just crazy and just thinking, of, and she's still yeah. stuck in the cave, and she's just like fantasizing about Yo, that. That fucking movie, I fucking start to breathe like crazy because I'm like, <laughs> if I was in that situation, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oof, that fucking movie is. I, I watched it. I can't say I watched it once. I watched it twice, and that's it. It was really good, man. Like, it is. It is really good. The suspense, if the way they build it. Movie, yeah, it's it really fucking yeah. good. Movie. It was good. It was psychological, but then it was also a monster flick, and yeah. you had the claustrophobia in it. They 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 hit all the senses when it came to horror. I think um, when it comes to like video games, um, I loved the the undead zombie DLC for Red Dead Redemption. I loved how at the end of the game, the main characters he dies, so like there, it's his burial scene. But then you find out he turns into a zombie, and then you could continue the game after the game has ended. You could continue, but now as a zombie, so in, in, do- in the original Red Dead. So you could basically just go around the map, but like you can't die now. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> I thought that was because you thought the game people? ended. You're like, oh, that's sad. He he's dead. But then you see his hand coming up. You're like, no. He's still going, and then you continue the game, but as a zombie, which I thought was really cool. That's pretty dope. Yeah. What about uh, Sopranos? Sopranos. That one was controversial because <laughs> I think half of the population thought it was a bad ending because it just cut that, to black. The cut to black, and then other people were like, "No, but that's the story. Like, you're getting whacked. Like, it's awesome. Like, I don't know. 
I, I'm on the fence with, about it, but it was still one <laughs> of never, the best shows I've ever made. I never watched The Sopranos. I only seen it for, uh, I think, one episode that I saw it, and that was like the funniest thing that I've ever seen before. And I was like, oh, shit, this show is pretty cool. But then I never tried to watch it again. It was uh, <laughs> it was like an old woman who hit a I think her 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 caretaker with a car. That was the one episode that I watched, and I only watched like the first fifteen minutes of it. And the the way that she got hit with the car was like it was so fucking funny, man, because she rolled on top of it and then just fell off. It was like a one shot too, it was like a boom. She took the bump and just fell off, and I just started laughing. That was like one of the funniest fucking episodes. So one thing that we do a lot on this podcast is we actually try out products too. We've done uh, we did the, the vagina smelling candle. We've done hot wings. Uh, the, the I love how that's the first one that pops out. Right? Like, that's the one I remember that that I need to tell everyone about. That one Pat actually did, and it's one of the funniest videos we ever made. Um, and we did smelling salts. We did a whole bunch of shit. Uh, so we have. We have this Mountain Dew, hard Mountain Dew, that is, like, super popular now. Um, it's in every store that sells alcohol, um, so you can buy it anywhere. So this has 5% um, alcohol volume, not that much. Um, and they have the Baja Blast original flavor. They got ch- black cherry. Pat already drank his uh, watermelon <laughs> flavor. What would you think of it? It's all right. <laughs> it's all right. He gets the job uh, Will wanted the Baja Blast. Yeah. Uh, talking about the smelling salt, I love smelling salt. Like, really? Yeah, because I play um, hockey, and that's mm. what all the guys have is smelling salt. Like, I have it in my hockey bag, and I just, like... I, just I thought I up. died. <laughs> yeah, I... I, like, I, I'm... It's, it's the most drastic takes. Because, like, I love smelling salt. I, 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 play, I, I, like, I thought I died. <laughs> I asked my teammates if... Uh, I mean, now I have my own, but, like, I asked them, too. It's like, hey, you got, you got some smelling salt with you? It's like, I, I need to be awake. You know, like, like, dude, like, it's hot, a knife going up your nostril. Your brain. Yeah, it, like, it, it, it's like knives going into your brain. Like, as soon as you smell it, like... If you watch the video that we did in slow motion, you see me going... Oh yeah, yeah. yeah it it does like that to you, dude. but then I'm like, oh, like I'm awake now. It's, oh, like, yeah. it's, it's like water on my nose. That's yeah. what it feels but like to me. You're it's awake like, for the wrong reasons. Though. Like, <laughs> you're awake because oh shit, your brain is like, what the fuck's going on? <laughs> we gotta figure some shit out. Something's happening. Like the description, it's knife going in my brain. Like I'm getting waterboarded. Like yeah, yeah it's like it's just great. Like, <laughs> well, you play hockey, so you're 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 used to like intensity. It's yeah. an intense sport. I record my voice into a microphone, so I'm yeah. not used to it. So when it, it hit me. It fucking fuck like hit me hard. Um, let's do some ASMR. Everyone likes the sound. Ooh. It's a nice sound. It is. <laughs> it's a really nice sound. Get some right, sizzling here too. Bottoms up and tell us what you think. This black cherry tastes like medicine. This tastes like medicine. You got the black cherry as well, right? So yeah. both of you have black cherry. It's only zero. It's only su- zero sugar. Yes. Have regular? So, without the guilty conscience, right here. <laughs> I wish I had sugar in it. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't but, taste bad, but but do you t- do you still feel the Mountain Dew flavor, or it's like kind of hidden without the zero? It, it, it feels a little bit washed out, I think, because of the sugars. No I don't sugars, taste but the Mountain Dew, but I, I, I don't think I've ever had Mountain Dew wild cherry, cherry before. Yeah, that's why I got the regular one, so that way I can feel every, yeah. any difference but I mean I can taste the Mountain Dew if it was like a low sugar and then you taste a little bit of the liquor but the liquor doesn't feel like like it's overtaking it yeah it doesn't feel like cheap okay no, bottom no, shelf no this shit if you, if you have like a case of it this shit will definitely sneak up on you yeah on an empty stomach that should have sneak up on you 
on on this. I don't know how different we we're going. I don't taste any alcohol in this. You know, at all. That's dangerous. <laughs> at all. And typically, like you, because you, you do this. Yeah. And, you know, I've been doing this since since I had like what was it? Dose whatever the giant can. Those yeah. Dos locos. Mm. I've been doing this since uh, since I probably oh, shouldn't have yeah. been. You get these carbonated drinks, and you can always taste like okay, this is the amount of alcohol. Sometimes the cans like this is a lot of alcohol. I don't taste any Eight. in the black cherry. I just no. taste diet black cherry soda. And what about the Baja Blast? How's the Baja Blast? Does it taste like Taco Bell Baja Blast? It's like a little. There's like some. It's like something missing. It's like like yeah, I kind of taste it. Yeah, it's yeah. like the sugar. <laughs> I'm like I get a hint of it, and it's like it just goes away. I was like. Oh. Yeah, I think this was a bad idea for them to do the zero sugar. They don't. They yeah. haven't come out with any that have sugar in it, and I think it's just because you know what? Uh, like white claws have been have become so popular. Seltzers yeah. have become popular, and they're all zero sugar. That's what they yeah. advertise. They like, oh, people, you can drink this enough, you'll bloat it. Because they and, think that people who want to fucking drink a beer or something like that are giving a fuck about like their calorie intake. <laughs> <laughs> like, bro, if I'm fucking drinking a beer. Fuck the calories. <laughs> give me my goddamn. Give me all of it. Put it. Put MSG in there. If you <laughs> like, give me something though, cause no sugar. I want them to make a whole, a whole new one that says with sugar. Like, put yes. that branding on that shit. All the sugar. Yeah, all of it. <laughs> give me all, all the sugar. And it's weird to see from Mountain Dew. Like, this is the company that like sodas. Okay, sodas are not healthy. We all understand that. Mountain Dew. Yeah. Is the company that yeah. is unhealthy. Like, yeah. that is no. This is not like some. Some you know trade secret. Mm -hmm. People know that a third of this can is just pure sugar that <laughs> yeah, over time sugar. got got liquefied or whatever. Do you guys remember that like from the nineties when Mountain Dew was like they were the extreme sports yeah. like yeah, soda like, like everything yeah. was like snowboarding and surfing and do the do and like they were known for that <laughs> yeah. extreme stuff. I think it was in uh, um, Harold and Kumar go to White Castle. They stopped at it like a Seven Eleven and then there were those guys that were gonna go snowboarding or something. They're like, let's go inside and get some uh, Mountain Dew and. Uh, Slim Jims, like that was. Those were the companies known for like that extreme shit. Uh, what else do we got? Anything else on the docket? Anything else? I got something to say. Yeah, I don't think Wanda is coming back. I think she is. I don't think she. Uh, alternative back. version of her. Alternative universe of her. Well, I don't, yeah, okay, maybe that, but I don't think the six one six Wanda is going to come back because if she comes back, she's not going to be a good person, just based on the fact that she was bad twice. Yeah. Naughty. She came into the scene as a bad person. Continued. Could, yeah. Then she was, oh, I'm good. I'm an Avenger. Then she broke bad again. She broke bad twice. And now she comes back again. It's like, yo, come on now. You're not going to be a good person. Like, we can't trust you. <laughs> You're like, untrustable. Like, unless, she, let's say she's, like, the most powerful one, right? Because she's able to use the dark code and not use the dark code. Mm -hmm. Or at least she, she knows... Maybe from here she learned how to control it. Let's say, right? Mm -hmm. Let's say Galactus comes into the you know into the picture mm -hmm. where he's destroying pretty much galaxies. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you're looking at somebody who killed a few, a maybe worse, a hundred. Oh, so you going yes. to the worst evil? A, a worse evil was <laughs> like fuck. We 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 need to we need to get her. We need to fight fire with fire. I so. think I think we'll see her come back. As an evil person that they need, mm -hmm. I don't think it'll be six on six. And I would really love for for this idea to be what materialized. I want to see them bring her back into the universe mm -hmm. now that they've opened the door as Magneto's daughter. Oh, I want yeah, to see that Magneto coming in like this is my right hand and Wanda just like blasting everything out of the way. 
But wait, that, didn't they, I would like didn't they pretty much seal the deal that she's not Magneto's daughter from the show when she was a young with a brother, went with the bomb yeah. thing? But that's 616. Now they've opened that door to all oh, sorts about of... Oh, talking about alternate universe. Yeah. Okay, now yeah, now yeah. we saw Charles Xavier. Magneto and Xavier and the X-Men don't exist in 616 as far as... Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Now that they're like, hey, we've opened the door to the multiverse. We got the end credit scene with Doc Strange going off yeah. with, with what's her uh, name and whatnot, like... They've opened that door wide now. And the, the yeah. deal's gone through. They can bring in whoever they want from the X-Men. Yeah. Uh, that's a good why, point. why not bring you, in one of the most iconic villains yeah. of the X-Men with one of the most powerful people that's directly related to them? Do you, do you guys character. agree with uh, them calling the MCU 616 and not giving it another, uh, like another number? I'm fine with it, personally. Okay, okay, yeah. You okay with it? Um, yeah. like, I, I don't see no problem with it, but I, you know, on TikTok, you know, people were saying like, uh, I'm it should be six one six. It should be another number because six one six is like the original. It should be like the comic book. It, like six one six is the comic book universe, and this universe, the MCU, should be another universe. another number. Yeah, I I understand, but I but I also feel that because this is not a comic book. Like this is live action. This is the only interpretation universe of live action we have. Mm. That should make sense to keep it, it in line main. with what is what we understand the most. I want that to be like the the Peter Parker Spider Man that I know, mm-hmm. not like all the two hundred alternatives and whatnot. Like okay, that's cool. Bring him in, do cameos and stuff. But I want the Spider Man in the movie to be the Spider Man that I know. I want the Iron Man to be the Iron Man that I know. I want Captain mm. America. To be the Captain America that I know. But even so then, that's, that, I, I yeah, but even then, that's different in the MCU from the comic mm-hmm. books at some points. And that's what gives them the whole liberty. Like, for example, with uh, Ms. Marvel, they literally change her, I guess, her origin story, uh, how she attained the powers. Mm-hmm. But because it is an MCU universe compared to, I mean, changing the number, it's I don't think you ain't going to do anything. But, I mean, establishing that it is, like, Maybe there's a possibility that we'll probably see a universe where it is a comic book form. Yep. Where, you know how you see the paint blobs? Yeah, yeah there was a one, um, Doctor Strange and, uh, what's her name? America Rambo. Not America Rambo. America <laughs> Chavez. America Chavez. <laughs> Rambo. <laughs> <laughs> this is what we're known for. <laughs> this is America our... Chavez. When they were flipping through the universe, uh, through the different, um, different, uh, Situations that they were going through. There was a comic book one and a black and white one that that they went through. It was like a cell shaded one. Well, Disney also announced that they're bringing X Men nineteen ninety, so that may be just um, to add into that multiverse. Yeah. You know, because there was a part where like when they were traveling through the through the multiverse, like one of the universes was like uh, animated was and car- yeah, it was so. cartoonish. Are you guys concerned? Um, so John Watts, who directed the Spider-Man uh, trilogy for MCU, um, he did the three movies. He did a great job. He was slated to direct the new Fantastic Four movie oh, yeah. that's supposed to be part of MCU, but he quit. He walked out and he said that he left because it created differences between him and Disney. I'm fine. Um, I'm fine with that because okay. the same thing happened to uh, Doctor Strange and uh, the guy who did Doctor Strange 1 was slated to do Doctor Strange 2 and then he backed out and then who did we get? Sam Ramy. We got Sam Ramy to do that and he added his little flares into it. But uh, I just want to know if they're going to keep the concept, the same concept because uh, the horror element of uh, the horror element of Doctor Strange 2 came not it didn't it, it did not come from Sam Raimi it came from 
the original guy. He wanted to go horror with this really? movie. Yeah. And so they picked up Sam Raimi because, because he, they like, know that he yeah. has a horror You know background. horror, we want you in there. So he was like, yeah. okay, we're just going to do the shit that I do. So the same thing happened with Ant-Man. Mm-hmm. Ant-Man yeah. won the, the different director he walked off because of the creative differences. Mm-hmm. And also, damn, I just had it in my mind. There was you another movie name? that happened. To, oh, Deadpool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Deadpool um, created differences. And so a different they director. got a different one. Yeah. This, the, wait, the... the so the the person who did Deadpool 2 is not the same person who did Deadpool 1? No. Different director. Is the person who did Deadpool 2, is he the one who made the same movie with uh, uh, Ryan Reynolds that's on Netflix? With oh, the talking kid? about... Uh, good question. Is that or, the same guy? No, no, no. The, the guy that directed Free Guy did the one that's on Netflix. Oh, okay. That's okay. the same director. Oh, so that's the one who did part one then? Who did Deadpool 1 then? No, Deadpool 2. Did no, no, Deadpool no. 2? No, I'm... <laughs> the, the dude that directed Deadpool 1 also uh-huh. did Suicide Squad and his career went downward because also, people were like yo look at how you did Deadpool 1 how the fuck can you do that to Suicide Squad he did and, su- su- Suicide oh, Squad oh Aaron huh? but supposedly there's a different cut yeah. just like uh, he, nah, he was not doing that not doing that Aaron the name let me it's Sorkin Sorkin pro- Sorkin? Cut. yes that's his name no Aaron Storkin? That's, no, that, that's that an Academy Award-winning like award writer, and it's not him. I can oh, yeah, 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 right, right. right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking about Andy Storkin, <laughs> and that's not that guy. I'm like, that sounds like, like a goddamn director. But, I mean, I don't know. I was I was happy with John. What, what John Watts was doing with Spider-Man. I'm very interested to see what the fuck was he doing with Fantastic Four that Disney was like, no, 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 that's not what we want. Like, I'm very interested to Make see what... Fantastic Four interesting for once? That'd like, be great. I know, <laughs> Let's start there. Bro, Fantastic <laughs> Four, like... If you get picked to direct that movie, you have a lot on your plate because, bro, that you are a lot getting a turd and you have to turn it into gold. Yeah. Like, how? And, you know, uh, what's, what's that dude? Kevin Feige, um, he said that um, uh, Doctor Strange was the first movie that he didn't like. He didn't he didn't like go on set like on a weekly basis mm-hmm. or he didn't like want to know what the notes and shit like that. That was the first movie that he was like he stepped away from. He just let yo. Know, you just do your thing. Oh, let's have two. Uh, yeah, Doctor Strange two. That was the first movie. So now he's thinking about like, oh, maybe I should do this with like more movies. Mm. So since this uh, Fantastic Four movie is coming out, I'm thinking that that's one of the movies that he's also want to do it on. So whoever's going to direct this is going to have like free reign, kind of, because you're not going to have like the head honcho over your fucking shoulder to do, like, to be like, hey, man, no, this is not how you but fucking fly. Was that after the fact? Because that's one reason why he walked away, because of the creative differences. Yeah. So I don't know, maybe now, like, you know what? Okay, maybe we shouldn't do that for the next director. So should we be thanking the director from uh, Doctor Strange, the first one, for giving... Uh, Kevin Feige such a headache that he's like, no, I'm gonna step away from this shit. Well, I mean, <laughs> Sam Raimi is established director. Yeah, you know, so I mean, unless they bring established yeah, director, there was a the, lot of trust there to begin yeah. with into this project. Then yeah, I think like, like, like for Sam for Christopher Christopher Nolan, I don't think Kevin Feige is gonna be like, hey man, no, this is what we gotta do. It. Yeah. yeah. So if you guys had the opportunity of creating the Fantastic Four movie, yeah, full control. But you got to also make it sense so that it's part of the MCU. You can use it to introduce the X-Men. You could use it to introduce other things. Like, how would you go about it? Um, so, weird take, because I've thought about this already. Mm. If I were to do Fantastic Four, Fantastic Four would be the afterthought. 
Because I think the reality is the most interesting person that I would bring that could cause the most sort of like awe-inspiring moment and make you really want about it is bringing in Victor Von Doom as a villain. Bring in Victor Von Doom. He is one of the most powerful, most intelligent beings that's not, you know, a god who's a little god. And even then, you can kind of debate that because his powers go, they, they get nuts eventually. Yeah. But as a, as a human being, he is the Lex Luthor of Marvel, right? Mm-hmm. Like, this guy is insanely intelligent. And then, and you know the fact of what the MCU can do with a villain who's just intelligent. Look at what they did with Red Baron. Look at how Civil War is beloved within that franchise because of a guy who has no powers. So when you get good writers that are like, hey, let's bring in a guy who's just really intelligent and fuck with everyone. And you bring in Victor Von Doom and you make him defeat everybody. You absolutely wreck house. And then you bring in a Fantastic Four from another universe like, hey, we found you. And leave it there. That right there would be the first time like, I want to see the Fantastic Four, which is something no one says right now. Mm-hmm. No one's going to like, yeah, I want to go see the Fantastic Four movie. No. But you bring in a villain who is absolutely demolishing everyone. You bring in a Thanos-like villain, have a run roughshod throughout the universe, and then bring in what is his iconic pair-up and be like, hey, we're here. You leave it there and you let that stew. Now you got yourself interest. You got people who are willing to give it a chance. And then you give you you have someone else have the time to dedicate an entire movie to how they're gonna break like uh, bring down this this big bad. That's really interesting because the the trend has been we're gonna bring in this hero to yep. introduce our villain rather than we're gonna bring in this exactly. villain to introduce our hero. Flip it that's on actually head. that's actually really good. And I think that's why Sony has been failing is that they're making these villain movies that lead to nowhere. It's just like, oh, we, we want to make a movie about Morbius. Mm-hmm. Okay, but is that going to introduce uh, some type of... No, we just want to put Jared Leto on screen. It's just like, it, it's, it's, it's a... Yeah, we just want to do it. No, 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 but yours has a purpose. Like, no, 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 we're going to introduce the worst person ever to introduce the group that's going to bring them down. Yeah. Like, that's that's actually really, really cool. Okay. The Joker. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and, and now they just confirmed that a sequel's coming <laughs> out. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah. To okay. be fair... Morbin time is a really good meme. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. Did you hear what happened? They really they released the movie and only made eighty thousand yeah. dollars. That's literally they averaged it out. That's eighty dollars per theater, which means like three or four people went to go see it per oh, theater. They lost, uh, they lost money, dude. That's <laughs> so bad. But these people love the memes, though. That's why. Yeah. But I'm back. It's like, oh man, like you cannot. And read then meanwhile, the world is like, bro, we made this meme because we hated it. We made you think that we were gonna go watch it? Like, Bro, people were saying that that movie made a billion dollars. It grossed a billion dollars in Morbin money. I'm like, I was like, what is Morbin money? I was looking around like, what the fuck is that? All right. Any other uh, Fantastic Four creations? Uh, So, so a little. I don't got the full full details, but little fun fact and unfortunate. um, Pretty much. <laughs> that timing was very, very nice, though. <laughs> like, you could have been halfway into that story. Like, the timing's really nice because you could just start right off the bat. I think if you press the, just slightly press the shutter, not all yeah. the way, it turns it back on. Like how I did with this one. In the meantime, they get the facts. <laughs> do the research. <laughs> like, I got time. 
gonna try to smart? You gonna try to sound smart? Actually, in 1765. <laughs> Fuck it, man. We don't need no facts over here, bro. Everything yeah. is opinion uh, opinion based, man. And you Back gotta, when Stan Lee was a wee child. Yeah. <laughs> and we got Mountain Dew in this, man. Fill the dew. Go for the dew, bro. Go for the dew. What is that? Oh, that's your chair? I was like, what the fuck? I thought that was the lights for a second or something. I was like, what? Something's gonna explode. You know what's you know what pisses me off about Netflix? Uh, they said that they're not gonna make they're not gonna do no more passion projects, right? They're not gonna fund like these $300 movies anymore and shit like that because, you know, f- to go for the Oscars. But yet, they got shit on here that's like, never have I ever. And all these uh, movies that are senior year with, uh, I forgot that British woman's name, whatever her name is. And they got all these movies that just com- constantly coming out. The Kissing Booth, Part 5. <laughs> Kissing Back, or whatever they call that shit. And that shit always pisses me off because I'm like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> They don't want to. They don't want to make like these dope ass movies, but they want to make. I don't know, a, a Mo, Anolia Holmes Part Two, Anolia Strikes Back. I don't know. What the name <laughs> Did you say a Kissing Booth Five? <laughs> the, booth, the Booth Kisses Back. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't I don't know. Yeah, Netflix is trying to get into anime too. None of that. None of the animes really no, stick. That, uh, no, one. They, they do good they, animes they, when it's their own yeah. anime. Yeah. They do horrible adaptations of yeah. that. <laughs> oh yeah. What was it? Death Note and uh, what else did they do? Even uh, even some of their animated not stuff. Like they it's act not, like anime animes. There's yes. like some well, of them. What was the cool. one that uh that is based off of the League of Legends game? Uh so that was done by Riot. That wasn't really done by Oh, by so Netflix. Netflix just bought it. Riot has had a really good media studio for uh-huh. a long time. They've been doing their own music for all their uh it's called Champions. Uh, mm-hmm. World or sorry, not Champions, Worlds. Their, their yearly like esports thing, and every year they make their own song and they make their own uh, music video to accompany that. And they've been doing that for like some seven eight years, and it's been really good. All the tracks they always put out. Now they're just like, we're good at this for music it's videos. One, it takes one fucking Let's PA. Do. It takes one PA. Hey, yeah. how about you guys? He just he's looking over somebody's shoulder on the computer. He says, Hey, how about you guys just like I don't know, do like a TV show or something. Yep. Go get us some coffee. Right. <laughs> you go get us coffee. I got an idea, you guys. <laughs> How about we do a TV show? Brilliant. Yep. Million dollars. Here you go. <laughs> okay, so I, I was really excited for Arcane even before then because of that. I've been keeping up with like the, every single year. I look forward to Worlds. Not be, I don't give a damn about that game. Uh-huh. I do not watch the competition at all. But I always look forward to the song that they release for Worlds because mm-hmm. it's always a banger. Always a banger, like yo. So when they're like, like, yo, Riot Studios kind of is making an arcane show. Is like, it like a a well known artist, or is it like somebody who? No, you so just they don't they know have about? they have a couple of in house artists uh-huh. uh, who also work on the songs, and then every once in a while they'll bring in outside artists. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's all like their own in house, like people you wouldn't really know, but they're all really good. <laughs> they're all nice. really really good stuff, uh-huh. and they always match like the skins of the characters that they're gonna release that year, and when like there's a lot of thought put into it. I don't care about the game at all, but the story, the narrative that they bring with that is like, yo, this is really like, this is a hype of shit. So when they're like, yeah, we're going to finally put this universe 
uh, with our skills and make it a story. Like, I'm interested in that. I don't care about MOBAs at all, but I'm interested in the story because I know what you've done mm-hmm. for the last eight years, and I would love to. That yeah. Arcane show was a surprise to me. Like, mm-hmm. when I, I saw the, you know how, like, when you, 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 go, you hop on Netflix and, you know, they automatically, right now, you know, they're yeah. automatically just showing you a trailer or something. So I'm over here watching the trailer. I'm like, oh, shit, let me, let me give it a watch. And then as I was watching, I was like, yo, first episode is fucking dope. Mm-hmm. And then they got fucking, uh, what's, what's that band called? Not Kings of Leon. It's name of Arcane. No. Oh, Imagine Dragons. Imagine Dragons in it. And I was like, oh, these motherfuckers in there. I don't give a fuck about them, but all right, man. It's a cool-ass song. The, the song is cool. We've already talked about it. The song is cool. And uh, the story was like, oof. It, you know, I know the story is good when I'm saying to myself, all they got to do is just talk to each other. What's wrong with these people, man? <laughs> she just got to walk down the street and say, hey, what the fuck is wrong with you? And he's like, none, none of that's happening. So they over here at odds and stuff. And I don't know how long it took them to make that show, but that show was like it's, yeah, really it's well good. put together yeah well put together uh but we were saying um delgado you if you were creating fantastic four oh no i was just uh, gonna bring a little interesting history of fantastic four uh, <laughs> unfortunate uh fantastic four it, it feels like it's it's, it's like it's doomed from the from the start so uh don't quote me on the fat check it might go either way but in 1994 there was a movie in production mm. and uh it was a studio that bought the rights, kind of like how Sony bought the rights to Spider-Man. Yeah. They bought the rights to create a Fantastic Four movie. Now, due to the effects and everything, it was a little bit too ambitious. And it was literally B actors on a C-level budget. Oof. When it got made, uh, supposedly what they say is that uh, at the time, Stanley got to watch it and Marvel got to watch it, and they were like, we cannot let this movie ever come out. <laughs> is that, is that, are you talking about the one that went straight to video? It never. It has been unreleased. Nobody has ever seen it. You only get pictures. Let me show you a picture. But have you have you seen the I one see, that went straight to video? I, I see it right here. Yeah. No, you could watch that. You could watch that. Yes. Or can you watch snippets of it? No, I've seen the whole thing. Oh, really? it, it, it did go straight to video. It just didn't air on television. It didn't air in movies. It mm. went straight to VHS. And there are YouTube channels that yeah. have it. Uh, let me like watch it on YouTube. I, I gotta watch find, it uh, let me search up eBay yeah. real quick. <laughs> <laughs> like, it, yeah, it's really fucking bad. Uh, here's some audio from it. Uh, I, I just pulled it up on YouTube. It's an hour and 30 minutes long. Honey, let's go! Trying to see if it's pretty the, dark. Can you... Uh, Did we watch it? But, like, the thing... The, <laughs> the, the, the thing actually does say it's clobbering time and all that stuff. It's... See people. I, the concept was great. Like, they... If anything, they actually stuck closest to the comic book than any other reiteration. It's just they didn't have the budget. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They just didn't have the budget it, it was, to execute. It was cheesy. Yeah, so, so that came out. Um, I want to see when... Because I remember... It was years ago when I read a pop on it and it says in release. I don't know if somehow... Maybe they bought the rights. Because remember, remember when we saw, I don't know, no, you weren't there. We saw a movie called Miami Connection. Oh, yeah. That some companies are buying the rights to uh, release it. So at the time, the rumor was that Stan Lee and Marvel saw it and they were like, we cannot have this movie. So they actually paid the people. people. So they made money from not ever releasing the film. <laughs> so. Yo, that, that's got to hurt. That's, you did such a bad job that people were willing to pay you not to show it. It's like, damn. 
I guess. No. Thank you. <laughs> we were we were chatting earlier about the boys, like in, in this new season. When you get to the where A Train's trying to like, hey, I'm gonna rebrand, and these are my ideas, and they're yeah. just like in the room, like. No. We're gonna we're gonna have a conference about this. <laughs> like, like, uh, we'll get back to you. I feel like that would be Stan Lee, just like, no. nah. <laughs> just like, no, no. I, that, I like where you're going. Because we'll get was, back to you. The thing was, this was in the '90s. <laughs> Batman one and two had already come out, and like you saw how amazing those movies were. Mm-hmm. So for that, it was like, I think Marvel, you know, saw what DC was doing with Tim Burton and his mm-hmm. his Batman movie. So I think they were just embarrassed, like. You know, we can't release this shit yeah. after Batman Returns. Like, yeah. did you see what they did with fucking Penguin and Catwoman? Like, no, we can't do this. <laughs> like, this is fucking bad. But I mean, you so the quality would of this you movie doesn't look that great. Try to, to I mean, how, how would that get into your creation of Fantastic Four? Uh, no, no. I mean, I want just a little history fact about it. Um, I don't know. Fantastic Four. Okay. I mean, you guys may hate me for this, but ahead, Fantastic uh, Silver Surfer oh. <laughs> was a really actually a pretty good film, except until the ending. But Silver Surfer was a badass character. Yeah, I like that whole thing that him uh, going underneath the board. Yeah. That's the whole movie. That, <laughs> that, that's the, that, that ten seconds yeah. right there. That's yes. the whole movie. <laughs> no, you're right. Every time someone references that movie, they always show it. that clip because that, if that was, was the dope. one clip that made everyone go, "Wow, like, oh, yeah. man, that's fucking dope." That made me want to watch the movie. Uh, and another thing about uh, Lawrence uh, Fishburne Sil- did the voice of that. Silver Surfer, yeah. yo, I've never been into Silver Surfer comic books. I never saw him. I never saw him on like X Men or anything like that. But I always thought that you know, oh, he's a Silver Surfer, so he's like a surfer dude. <laughs> so I always thought that when he was gonna talk, he was like, "Hey, dude, what's going on, bro?" <laughs> kind of stuff. And then to hear him for the first time in that fucking movie, and it's like, a black voice, and, it's, it's, and he's all like stoic and shit. I'm like, "The fuck is this?" <laughs> This guy is not a surfer. This guy is a—he's a poser, though. Is, he never surfed a day in his life. He's never surfed at all. He's never surfed at all. I'm like, oh my god. I felt kind of like, oh man. That's what did it for the movie for me. But if I need a silver surfer in the movie, I need him to be like an actual surfer. I need him to be Mountain like, Dews. Mountain Dews. Yeah, Mountain Dews. And talking about shredding. I need to shred some of these Cosmo waves, bro. I need Dude, him to do that. Galactus, you need a chill. <laughs> I need him to be that guy, bro. I need him to do that for me. I said Fantastic Four should just start. Fuck the origin story. Uh, let that be the spark two somewhere because. I mean, we've seen the original story so many times. Yeah. And I know that new generation doesn't know about it, but maybe just uh, just keep it without it. So, like, what they did with Spider-Man. Spider-Man just started, like... Yeah, yeah. yeah Uncle yeah. Ben was already dead. We know. Perfect, we yeah. get it. They did the same thing with Batman. Like, guys, now, we the, know his parents were killed. We got it. Like, the thing about Spider-Man, right, is that they took the, the concept from Miles Morales, right? Because mm-hmm. Miles Morales, uh, you know, he was in school. He has a friend. He has a friend who he went to school with who was supposed to be his best friend, who's supposed to be the guy in the chair and stuff like that. That's what they did with the the Spider-Man uh, Marvel MCU yeah. Spider-Man, basically. So they basically took Miles Morales' story and then just put it on him. So uh, I know that uh, Fantastic Four is supposed to be MCU's like this supposed to be their oh their first family right their first final family kind of thing but they've already used that fucking concept on Guardians of the Galaxy mm. so maybe they should they should just have these people as uh, I will say that my whole concept for this uh, Fantastic Four 
let's go to um, how they do it in Korea, how they just, you uh, you basically make a boy band by, you just get like a certain amount of people like, oh, <clears throat> we need a guy who's going to be a badass. We need a guy who's going to be this person. We need a guy who's going to be this one. Like, how so it's like a like, commercialized thing, like yeah, Menudo? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you make Fantastic Four because like, look at the fucking name, Fantastic Four. So you're like, oh, we need to make a, a, a group. We need to make them so they could be poppy, just like the Avengers. So let's make them fantastic, like the Fantastic Four. So we get these four people, we put them together, and then we'll just make them as heroic as possible and shit like that. And then, you know, they just get four people who don't even know each other, and then they find themselves around each other. I feel like they're going to unite and summon a Megazord. No, they I, want, I want them to die. I want them to die at the end. Silver Server's played by Kevin Smith. <laughs> <laughs> like, so should we do um, uh, Naked and Afraid but in the MCU? <laughs> a reality TV show based on superheroes. That'll be fucking hilarious. So like, don't even try to be make the Fantastic Four serious as possible. Make them as fucking campy as as shit. Wait, like, the I, first one was it? We had American Pie in there. No, but like, I want other doing? people in the MCU to not even want to be around them. Like, oh god, these they're guys around. Yeah. Like, they bring in the cameras, they bring in the reality TV, and they bring in all this other stuff every time they're trying to fight crimes, but they're not even good at it. <laughs> <laughs> like make them as horrible as possible because people are already trashing on Fantastic Four. Would you guys hire uh, the dude from The Office to play Mr. Fantastic, or would you go different? I, I, I like it. Right? I know it's a fan cast, but I think I think he does a good job on it because he's quirky. He's he's but, a cool he's cool and quirky. He's like a cool nerd, so I think it fits him. I can't, yeah. I can't like wow. get over him getting paper shredded. So it's like, <laughs> no, we, we need, we need someone else. This and his, and his brain just popping like. <laughs> 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 it's like, like I can't, damn. I can't unsee that. Like yeah. if they show him, they could. It's gonna take me at least like two movies to sit down and be like, okay, he, that wasn't my first impression of him. He didn't like, even have a chance to like wrap around her. No, anything. it's just, it was just like. How do you how do you think the idea came to be? Okay, okay, everybody knows him from uh, Thunder Mifflin, the paper company. Maybe we should shred him like shred a paper. Him. <laughs> <laughs> it could be. I'm that sure that the creative room. Holy like, shit! I never fucking thought of that. I would have been pretty. That was good. another PA. It's like <laughs> they're like, how how are we gonna make Wanda look so powerful and get rid of him? And they're like. Was going to town, and then it's like the guys just coming in, like getting rid of notes and putting in the paper shirt. And then one guy's like, "Go get yeah. some coffee." Go get some coffee. I got the idea, guys. That would be a good skit to make. That would be a really good skit. One VA who's just coming up with all the ideas. That's the same guy. The same fucking guy. Yeah, I would have liked that as the paper. Actually, actually, him getting shredded, but him picking him as. No, but Fantastic Four. I was like, uh, like you didn't like it. I didn't like him as I like. I felt like uh, I'm like like we know him for the Office. I was like just like seeing him playing. That's what skin. Yeah. I was like uh, a lot of people have been saying that like when they saw him, they thought of the theme song that yeah, playing in I was their like, head. I'm like, like uh, he's that's crazy. He's, like you guys have never seen uh, Thirteen what, Hours, Thirteen and, uh, Hours, or what's that um, movie that's the on Quiet Place, Quiet, Quiet Place, or yeah. that show that's on uh, Amazon, uh, John Reacher, John Reacher. No, I, I didn't have any issue with him being the actor at all. I thought he was going to blow it out of the park. Yeah. It's, for me, the only issue that, that might take me a bit to get over is his first introduction is getting manhandled it's the very way easily. Hi. It's the uh, way that right. he said, hi, uh, yeah. hi like, Dr. Strange. It was like, it was like a, hi, 
Hi, Strange. Right. With, with, the, <laughs> with the other two, like, at least they did something. There was a fight scene and whatnot. They still ended very badly, but at least they were able to I, fight. I think that was a, a, a thing for, like, we get rid of both of the dudes, so it's just a, a ladies' fight. Yeah. <laughs> and honestly, that's I'm fine with that. I don't, I don't like. mind that, especially given like you're, you're gonna bring in. Um, I'm sorry, I always forget his name. Powerful guy with the voice. Blade. Blade. Bolt. Black Bolt. Yeah. Black Bolt. Thinking of the B. I'm like B, B, B. So yeah, like I get that. You want to take out like the the powerful guy, especially Black Bolt, because he's someone that we haven't seen in the MCU, but mm-hmm. he is a god tier hero in his in his own right. Mm-hmm. Um. And they want to get rid of them quick. I understand that. I'm fine with, with the narrative idea for it. But at the same time, that does kind of sabotage the fact that, like, if I see that actor as that character resurge, the first impression I got of him was him standing the there doing nothing, turning the paper mache and popping. Like, like, bro, how do you come back? Like, no one's going to take him seriously yeah. at all. Right, he's gonna be some you know random side B lister. He's gonna be termite. The boys, a, a, a last up. minute, because they said that the yeah. person who was supposed to be in there before previously was uh, was it Daniel Craig? Daniel Craig, but he wasn't Mister Fantastic. He was gonna play another Somebody comic book else, character, right? and yeah. he couldn't do it because I think he was working on James Bond. So they brought in uh, John Krasinski uh, to do it in the meantime. What what, what character would you give Daniel Craig if in Daniel Craig MCU? had to be in it? Um, with his British accent. Damn. Well, he could do other accents, too. In Knives Out, he did a good southern accent. What about can, can, I, can I up that no. question a little bit? <laughs> no. Can I up that question a little bit? Yeah. What villain would we make Daniel Craig? A villain for Daniel Craig? Because I think Daniel Craig can play a really good villain. Not any, like if if we have to go with like straight comic book, I'm not going to go MCU. I have to, I have to search I think, around my road. I think I could see him as a Magneto. Mm-hmm. I think I can see Daniel yeah. Craig as a Magneto. I don't well, know. I got a question. Is Magneto, how old is Magneto going to be if he's in the MCU? That's an, I don't even want to get into that, bro. Is it going to be, he's that gonna be whole, part of the hard What, what version of it are we getting? That's like, like are we doing an Ian McKellen, he's old as fuck, or yeah. are we doing a... Because, yeah. you know, Je- first generation the Holocaust have been like... That is true. 40s, man. Yeah. yeah. So, so he'll be old. Because I know that uh, there was... Uh, well, then your question should really be, when is your universe taking place? Is it today yeah. or is it in the past? Is it... Which, mean, which multiverse are we bringing in on this? Yeah. <laughs> Where are we going? Because I know things are going to have to, like... They're going to have to upgrade things. Like, okay, so Holocaust happened, like, they're gonna say two, 200 years ago. So what is Magneto's deal now? Why is he so mad? But he still has to be Jewish. He says, well... Maybe he's around for a long time because he controls metal and iron in our body, so he can control how old he gets. <laughs> that's see, that's so your funky. reaction would be the reaction of the <laughs> That's what you guys came up with. Really? That's your story. I tried. It was like yo. It just seems like it's just far fetched. There's going to be a point that uh, everything is just going to be. It's just going to get old. So I don't know. I, Daniel Craig. I don't know. I don't even know what kind of character I can really see him as damn how tall is daniel craig he's not tall he's not tall he's not tall they would have to do like camera tricks to make him look tall they had to pull bust a tom cruise on him yeah shit i don't know you know i don't even know that many characters um what's that guy who screams siren yeah. no the guy no, that's screams. not his name <laughs> banshee. A dude who, banshee banshee maybe he can be that guy an old version of that guy hmm. i always thought that banshee should have been like uh he should look like a 1980s uh, rock 
guy, like heavy hair metal kind of guy. Oh, he's the lead singer of it. Yeah. And he just kills the audience. That's it. (laughs) Because the way he dresses with the little fucking shit shit. It's like, yeah, man. That should be I should be a gimmick guy for Marvel. That's exactly (laughs) what you should be. I should just be in a chair and people just come and say, what's your thing? What you do? Yeah, you know what? You should be into hip hop. Heavy. Heavy into hip hop. You also have on headphones and a hoodie on. Just go. Do your thing. Do your thing. There you go. (laughs) Next. That should just be me. <laughs> All right. Anything else, or are we read two and a half hours? Yeah, we're at two and a half hours. <laughs> this is gonna be broken up into like ten parts. Jesus Christ! Yeah. Uh, Assumptions. Jesus. Christ. Assumptions. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen. My bad. I have uh, videos on. <laughs> My bad. I got YouTube videos on it. Like, Assumptions. <laughs> I thought you were what trying to tell assuming? me something. Thought <laughs> <laughs> you were trying to tell me something. Out of me. Wow. <laughs> Let me play some music here. Play us out with something. Uh, you haven't so, seen uh, Top Gun Maverick yet? I haven't seen it. Haven't I'm dying it. to see it. I want to, but I, I don't want to just go and see it. I want to see it in IMAX. I want to see it in that mm, split screen nice, yeah. format. But, but but the whole movie's not like that, right? I'm not gonna have to do this when I'm watching. <laughs> well, talk, so I'm curious right? if they shot an amorphic. Because it looked like everything is here, like regular. Yeah. And then this is extra. They shot a lot on IMAX, and I know IMAX is tall yeah. and not wide, so maybe it, it shouldn't be that annoying. <laughs> I, I did learn, bro. They had, when they did the cockpit scenes on the airplanes, they had like five or six cameras? I, and oh, IMAX, so IMAX cameras at a time, like strapped to that cockpit. So imagine. Wait, in the fucking In the, the fucking plane. Watch the behind the scenes. They had to figure out how to fit all these cameras into the cockpit and you would think like why so many fucking angles for a cockpit <laughs> like <laughs> you're just using one angle but i don't know it's that same dude it's the same dude who, uh that's the same director who came out with uh he did oblivion tron. he did tron he did oblivion yeah. him and tom cruise man they're going places bro yeah i didn't i didn't like too much of the, the i watched the first one just to like watch the you know the new one come out i was like the first one's like okay and i watched this one like wow like, it's way better. Yeah, it's, 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 it's way better. It's a completely different movie. I was like, oh, wow. Yeah, they're saying it's a, like that whole 80s cheesiness. Like, no. It's gone. That, this is, not in this movie? Nah, no, this, this not is, at all. Okay, I got a question. Is it America? The movie? That's what it is? Is it America? <laughs> what do you mean? Like, you want know, to watch the movie like, America. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like, watch on yeah. Wait, July. are you telling me that you didn't feel that in the first one? <laughs> No, but you feel America. You didn't you feel that movie. when they had their shirts off playing volleyball. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't I don't know. That's why I'm wanna, I want to. I want to know if that's what they want. If that's what it, our it, producer, uh. he's really like uh, you know, uh, one of those America proud kind of people. Yeah. It's like, yeah, man, I feel so manly. You know, <laughs> See, he has no chance here. That's what I like want to know, bro. I want to know because there was a there was that movie, The Viking, uh, not The Viking. What's that movie? The Northman. Uh, Northman. Something. <laughs> the Northman. It just came out on A twenty four, but you can watch it on Paramount. I watched that movie, but before that movie came out, they were saying like, "Is this like there was a uh, there was a dude on the TikTok who say, is this movie gonna make me racist?'" Because uh, he said, "Yeah, I want everyone to watch this movie, but what theater should I go to so I won't be around a whole bunch of racists?" I'm like, "Oh, is this movie like a white supremacist movie?" But I went to watch it. I was like, "Oh, it's not a white supremacist. It's Vikings. It's Vikings. Vikings. Yeah. You know, like- but the thing is, is that Vikings, uh, white supremacists lean towards Vikings as a." what you call like a this is what this is what we fuck with like they lean towards that and lean towards Punisher 
So that's why he said that. And I was like, ah, oh, okay. So that's why I'm asking about this movie. I said, is it America? <laughs> because this movie, when I saw the trailer, I didn't think of America. I just thought that, oh, shit, this movie looks dope. It, it feels yeah. like a... Like a Mission Impossible, uh, which is also. Could you also think like, oh, is this a Scientology? Are you gonna hear like a guitar riff in the background? Team America is gonna yeah, America. Exactly. Yeah. Like, it's it that movie, but uh, a lot of people were saying like, nah. Daniel watched it and he said that he enjoyed the movie, but you know, he he was in the military. He's you know, so that's why I'm like, okay. So I don't know if I could take his word. I honestly have not heard any negative feedback at any, all. Yeah. And it's got scary, over bro. 90% on Rotten Tomatoes. Like, okay, dude, right. he got a standing ovation at uh, in Europe. And at the cans? At the cans. At cans? 15 minutes. For an action movie? 15 minutes standing ovation. <laughs> wow. What do you think about Tom Cruise being an action hero star, bro? I think it's great. That shit, that, that, so... I think throughout history, like, you know, you had the Marlon Brandos, you had um, the James Deans, you have all these great stories of Hollywood. I think Tom Cruise has officially entered that world of, like, legendary film status. And what's great is that it's our generation. We yeah. get to say we saw the evolution. We saw the evolution from Risky Business to Top Gun, and then he started doing A Few Good Men and then Mission Impossible. Now he's just that bona fide action star that does his own scenes and like it's ours like this is yeah. our legend I, I, I like that action hero though man cause bro, he does his own scenes bro I don't give a fuck he's <laughs> flying the plane he's flying the plane that's him flying the care, plane though. I just don't see him as an action hero cause when, when they say that he was an action hero when I think action hero I think of Dwayne The Rock Johnson no oh, bro <laughs> no but like on top of Tom Cruise bro Mission Impossible yeah War of the Worlds I think he's done I, a. That's a bad. I, th movie. I think Minority that, report. I think that it's 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 apple and oranges in a sense of the fact that like you get Tom Cruise who can he can embody any character he wants to and he does it really really well. Yeah. And he's able to handle his own stunts. He is what you're saying. Like he is a genera uh, generational icon mm -hmm. in the sense of. He, he he you never hear about problems with him on set. Mm -hmm. He's always very courteous. The guy's a complete professional and he always puts out good movies. Right. Mm -hmm. Obviously, yeah, he's not going to be as athletic as Dwayne The Rock Johnson. But on the flip side of that, Dwayne The Rock Johnson plays Dwayne The Rock Johnson in every <laughs> fucking movie that he ever plays, <laughs> like regardless of what well, he you is. Can say that. You can say the same thing about Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise is Tom Cruise in every movie. But I think the only reason why he's different from Dwayne The Rock Johnson is because Dwayne The Rock Johnson's character is going to be Dwayne The Rock Johnson. It's going to be some muscle-bound dude playing somebody who's going to yeah. be kicking ass eventually. But Tom Cruise's character, he's Tom Cruise in every movie, but he has range, you know? Mm -hmm. You can say, oh, Tom, this is Tom Cruise sad. This is Tom Cruise happy. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is Tom Cruise mad, you know what I mean? And we're good with that because it's the same thing that goes with Denzel Washington. Denzel Washington is Denzel Washington in every movie, but it's like, is Denzel Washington being mad, happy, sad? And it's all those shits, and we love him it's, for it. That's why I'm like, I wouldn't call Denzel Washington an action. I think it's just it's limiting what he is because Tom Cruise is like, nah, he ain't no action star, bro. This guy is a fucking, he's an actor. Yeah, he's you're a right, you're right. Actor. Because he's done so, good dramatic yeah, movies that's why too, when, yeah. When they, when they say that, oh, so Tom Cruise, you know, he's the action star, I'm like, nah, man, that can't be him. Though. But at the same time, I do think actors that want to become action stars do look up to him. And like, mm -hmm. bro, 
he fucking taught himself how to fly a plane. He taught himself how to fight. He taught himself how to I mean, be. He's doing stuff I, that Jackie like, Chan doesn't even do. I, <laughs> I feel like that that would discredit like other what I believe to be action stars that do a lot of their own sequences that are also extremely well, such as and I know it's it's a hot topic right now, mm-hmm. but like Will Smith. Mm-hmm. Will Smith did comedy and he did action. He did some very yeah. deep dark yeah. scenes. Um, and then he slapped somebody at the Oscars. Yeah. But like That's you can action. tell <laughs> you can tell the, the fact like he does a lot of action, he does a lot of performance, and he and he, his range is incredible. I think that they fall into a very similar category. <clears throat> yeah. To say that that you won't consider Will Smith an action star, like I don't think that that's reasonable at all to say, given like unless you're comparing this to like Jean Claude Van Damme and Arnold in the in the nineties, like okay, then what is an action star at that point? Mm-hmm. You know, um, yeah, obviously it's very obvious to be like, yeah, Dwayne the Rock Josh is an action star. He's super athletic and he does so much crazy ex- explosions and stunts and whatnot, but. Not every dude, Dwayne Rock Johnson is one percent of Hollywood. Yeah, like yeah. even the people that are going, like the Liam Hemsworth or whatever, they they are a very small percentage of people that have the athletic ability to mm-hmm. do what they're doing. No, but like what I was originally saying was like Tom Cruise has I think entered that realm of like legend heart like Hollywood legends. Yeah, like yeah. if you're an actor in Hollywood and you get to star in a movie that he's in, it's like yo, I made it. Mm-hmm. I fucking made it. Like I'm I'm doing it with the God Himself. Type of thing. I think uh, I asked you a question last week about, uh, but I'm gonna ask these guys: If you were given an opportunity to work on a movie with Tom Cruise, knowing that what he does to his like coworkers, because you know that all the other actors had to learn how to fly a, a jet, and you got you got to do all these other kind of shit. You got to wake up at five o'clock in the morning. You got to wake up at four o'clock. You got to work <laughs> out with them. You got to do all the other shit. Would you still do it? Absolutely. Would, I thought it would be a cool experience. I do that out of spite. <laughs> you, you get paid for that too, right? Yeah, you get paid yeah. for it. You get no, paid I, to work out and stuff like that. I would, I would do it out of spite. Out Just, of spite. And, I, and I would, I would put up a list of recommendations of every one of these like Hollywood like prima donnas that need to, to that experience. <laughs> You're like, yo, because <laughs> because honestly, there's a lot of actors that I think are really good actors, mm-hmm. but don't get movies or they have bad showings because of their their attitude on stage. Like for me, a prime example is uh, Edward Norton. I think Edward Norton's an amazing actor, yeah. but he is difficult, man. Yeah. He is absolutely difficult. That is a known thing in this industry. Mm-hmm. Put him on a, on a set with, with Tom, Tom Cruise, Cruise and make him Tom Cruise's <laughs> little bitch. Like, no, you're not the star. You're his sidekick, and you have to listen to what he says, and he has to go by those rules. That would be that would be pretty good. I, like, I, I love would, to I see something like that happen. I would 100% say yes to, like, all right, whatever Tom Cruise wants to do, I'm going to fucking do, too. The only thing I would find annoying and almost uh, at least one actor from all of his movies has said this. Mm. Um, he tends to, at some point, like, hey, yeah, let's get along and let's work out, let's do all this. But I'm going to pull you aside and uh, talk to you about Scientology for a minute. Oh, no. Like, a lot, a I think a he lot said he actors, stopped that. A lot of actors have said, like, oh, he tried recruiting me. So I, think like, he, I think he said he, he yeah. stopped it for... Top um, for Top Gun, yeah, for, that's funny. He, oh, he, he, I mean, he, he, that was he, kind. So it's, like, <laughs> so it's like fucking what's the name of that shit? Uh, home shares. What's that? What's that shit called? Like home shares. You know what I'm talking about? When you share homes. Oh, the timeshare. Timeshares. <laughs> <laughs> so like shares. Are you talking about Miami? Time shares. <laughs> it's like people who try to sell you on timeshares. Say, yeah, man, you can come to Disney World for like uh, two days, oh, yeah, yeah. but you gotta you gotta stay in this seminar for like six hours just for a timeshare. Wow. 
Because I remember uh, Will Smith said that Will Smith uh, and Jada Pinkett um, they donated to Scientology, and that's where that rumor started that they were Scientologists. But the only reason why they donated was because Tom Cruise like convinced them one day. Uh, like he had like a he just like met up with them like for lunch, and then bro, what is he saying? <laughs> <laughs> Tom I always want to know what like how do you convince somebody to like join like a fucking cult like. I'm- what are you saying? I'm feeling bro? like the the scene of Attack on Titan with like Aaron Yeager just like whispering his dad's <laughs> ears. <laughs> like, Enjoy Scientology. Yeah. Did you forget what you came here for? Yeah. <laughs> it's like I got donated to Scientology. <laughs> I think I think a big Hold part up, of it. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm just gonna because we're already at the end. Um, okay. um, it's the other one. <laughs> for the shutter. The shutter. There we go. Okay. Um. I think I think it's that wanting from actors wanting to do whatever they can to reach that legend status. So yeah. they see Tom Cruise and they're like, "Well, whatever he's on, I'm, I'm going to do like whatever. Go. I'll have whatever he's having." Yeah. Like that I'm not joining. Thing. I'm not going full in. Here's <laughs> yeah. my money to become friends. Hey, Just to make like friends. That. But that's, yeah. that's but that's a big that's, that's a tall starts, order, bro. Starts. To I'm going to join a cult just so that yeah, I can no, be yeah, like that's him. what. That's, one thing is like, oh, I, 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 what are you guys doing? Throwing fucking meetings. I'm pretty sure to say, hey, this is Scientology for raising money for cancer. Okay, well, it sounds like a good cause, and it's Tom Cruise. Here you go. Yeah, let's let's be friends. But um, and then one they thing, slide your membership card. And yeah, you're like, hey, <laughs> <laughs> but one thing, uh, Tom Cruise. Yes, uh, uh, definitely deserves all the praise. And um, one thing, mm. um, you guys mentioned, like, will you do everything he says? Yes, but not creatively, because remember the Mummy movie oh, yeah. was because he had a lot of full creative control that kind of contradicted. It, it was pretty much him being yeah. like, I want to be the main center of the movie, which kind of... Uh, ruined it. Ruined it. Yeah. Ruined so, the whole fucking so, franchise. Like, not only that, yeah. but he ruined the whole fucking... Uh, that the, the, whole the shared universe idea shared that they universe, had, yeah. Yeah. which is so depressing to me. But that's how this whole question came about, because Pat found out that one of the actors in the movie, Tom Cruise, had, had approached them like when they were going to start making it, and he said, okay, we got to start working out for the next six months. Now, he didn't ask like, him. It was like one of those... Like, he, like, like, he, he said, yeah, so, man, I'll see you this morning. You know, I'll see you tomorrow morning that we're going to start working out. And, and then like that. that actor was like, no, but my my body is going to be CGI'd. And he goes, no, no, we're working out. And he's like, but I don't need to. And he he's just like, no, no, we're working out for the next six months. <laughs> like, so he had to work out with Tom Cruise for, like, the fucking six months. It was like his body's going to be uh, CGI. It's the, it was the person who was supposed to be, like, his, uh, his second hand, and he ends up dying. And when he dies, you know, he turns into a skeleton and shit. Mm. So he's going to be CGI. <laughs> so he didn't even need to be there, like, kind of shit. Right. But Tom Cruise was like, no, nah, no. Nah, I mean, you're going to be on a movie with me. You're going to be working out. You're I got six months to convince you to sign Tom. Let's get it. No, he ended up working out with him, with Tom Cruise. And he said, yeah, man, I was fit. He said, I've never been that fit in my life. And it was like, <laughs> wow. I, I mean, that's good, but it's still like, feel like Jesus like, Christ, bro. <laughs> in, uh, in the world of movie and fantasy that we're at, like, Tom Cruise, and we, we all, like, think of this, of Tom Cruise, and he's actually, like, he's just a mouthpiece for the PA that's been, like, orchestrating everything in the background. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the VA that's constantly coming in and like, yo, get the copy. I got an idea. It's him. It's him. That VA controls everything. Controls Tom Cruise is just a mouthpiece to convince everyone. He controls all of Hollywood. Oh, my God. Got everyone on puppet strings that you don't even know. It's like Fred the PA. That is fucking hilarious, dog. All right. Uh, let me see if I can play something. You know, I'll play something weird. Beat and dubstep. 123 beats. Let's go for it. 
All right. Louder. Louder. My bad. My bad. <laughs> All right, uh, everybody. That's been our episode. I hope everybody has enjoyed it. I've. Uh, Did you forget what our outro was? <laughs> for a second there. You know, this is my second drink. This is my second drink on an empty stomach. But, yo, uh, it's been a pleasure having you guys. Um, where can everybody find you guys? You can find me uh, at Geek Vibes on Instagram. Uh, I, TikTok, I'm going to start dabbling a little bit. Uh, Twitter, I just have it just because I don't take the name. Mm-hmm. I do have the domain name, but I haven't made the the, the, the webpage just yet. But, uh, yeah, then definitely on, um, on on Instagram. That's where I'm most active. Same name, different platform. Correct. Gotcha. Awesome. What about you, Nate? So, I'm Nate. Uh, be ready for this. You should probably take notes. Um, you can find me at Nate Takes. Um, kind of hard, but yeah, <laughs> Nate underscore Takes. I'm mostly mostly active on Instagram as well. Uh, I do do some TikTok stuff, but it is very very rare, and it's mostly stuff that I have on Instagram as is. So just find me on Instagram. You can message me there directly. All right. And yeah. Dapper? So Dapper Arts or Dapper Dot Arts on Instagram. Um, the only other thing really is probably. Um, the web website that I use, which is um, my actual like name, which is William, and then Reich, which is my last name. Dot myportfolio.com, which is just my website. But mostly Instagram, Dapper Dot Arts. And uh, if anybody wants to book any sessions with you guys, how do they do that? Do they do that through your Instagram? How do they contact you? Yeah, for me, you can just DM me directly. All my bookings are done uh, in person. Like I, I don't have any automated systems that way i know exactly what we're we're working with and that it will work out. yeah yep. yeah i would say instagram this dm and yeah I, I think i'm gonna i'm gonna be at the Florida supercon so i don't know where that's the next time i'm gonna be at so just message me if you want to do a booking we can do it uh let's see so so i started doing this on megacon but the day of megacon and with the whole wi-fi situation didn't quite work well but, but when I shoot cosplayers, I pretty much go with what I see that's different or that I haven't captured on video. So what I did in MegaCon to kind of open up for other people um, to be able to shoot with me and at the same time help the branding push forward is post a picture of your selfie and write, hey, Geek Vibes, where you at? And if I see that, then let's link up and we'll do a video. Very cool. Uh, but again, that was the same day, and I didn't get the message until like five hours later. <laughs> so, so, uh, so I'll definitely, um, if 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 I don't get, if if I do end up doing social media for, I'm gonna say when put it out there in the universe for Supercon, then I'll bring the equipment and um, I'll do the same thing, and I'll do I'll, I'll make that announcement maybe the week before, so that way. People get ahead of it and uh, know about it. So, yeah. So, if you want to shoot with me at Supercon, I'll let you know if that, that doesn't work out because maybe I've been doing social media. Uh, if you want to shoot with me, just post a selfie of your cosplay. I'll be definitely there be Sunday, Saturday and Sunday, maybe even Friday. I'll confirm that. Just post a picture of your cosplay saying, hey, Geek Vice, where you at? If I see the hashtag pop up in my feed, let's link up and we'll do a shoot. I think it's also safe to say that if there's a problem with the Wi-Fi signal at the convention center like it was in MegaCon, if you see one of us holding up a light, it's because we're holding up a light for GeekVice. So if you see us holding a light, that's where you'll find GeekVice. Yes. (laughs) Um, Also, just to remind everyone, 
Thursday, July 7th from 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. We are hosting Cosfest 2022 here at Extreme Action Park. Everyone is invited, whether you're a cosplayer or not, even if you're a photographer, videographer, if you're just someone that wants to enter this world of cosplay and geek culture, please join us here at Extreme Action Park. Just let the people know at the front there will be a registration table that you're here for the party. They'll show you where the party is at. We're going to have DJ, we're going to have uh, giveaways, we're going to be giving out a lot of crazy prizes, and we're going to be giving out free attractions. So join us. Let me know if you're interested. And with that being said, Pat? Yes, uh, I've been Pat. And this is Kev. This is Geekvised. Nate Takes. Dapper Arts. Yes, it's a pleasure having you guys on the pod. Uh, we've been us and y'all been y'all. Hope everybody <laughs> had a ball. Catch you next week. Peace. Oh,